0: Lord Talks Radio.
1: You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our heads in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands to worship. As you bless your only name, you deserve. You deserve.
0: There is no one else cause you are great You do miracles so great There is no one else like you There is no one else But you do mighty things And you do glorious things you're a faithful God Awesome is your name Somebody come on You do my You do glorious things You do
1: glory You're a faithful faith. God Awesome your name We give the glory name. God You do mighty things You do You do, things. do glory Amen.
0: faithful God. Awesome is your name, You do mighty things. You do glory. You're the faithful God. But
1: your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Your name is here. Your name is here. Your You're a miracle working God. Your name is. You want to declare it. Your name, your name, your name is Yahweh.
2: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are the reason, Lord. Why do we worship you? Why do we serve you? Why do we want to spend time with you? You are the reason, Lord, because we love you. Hallelujah. Because of your love and mercy. Hallelujah. Endure forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. What an awesome... Awesome God we serve. Hallelujah. We are grateful for his love. We are grateful for his mercy. It's the only reason why we are still here. We are still serving him. We are still seeking him. We're still spending time with him. His love and mercy that endure forever. And we thank you, Lord, for your love. And we thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Because you are good. And your love and do it forever. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because we are in his heart and we are in his mind. He's always thinking about us. And his love for us is agape love. It's everlasting love. It's a greater love that anyone can have for anyone. It's what God has for each and one of us. And this is why we are what we are, because of his love and his mercy. Because he is so good, he wanted to go to the cross for you and I, to show us his love, to show us his mercy. That's what he did on the cross, show us love and mercy. He loved us before we loved him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And nothing is greater than that. Thank you, Jesus. And the moment we need him, he's always there for us. Thank you, Lord. When we are unfaithful, he still remains faithful to us. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Amen. Well, shalom, shalom, my brother and my sister. Welcome to the Lord's Tower. This is your whole Brother in Christ. Brother Elvis Zapata here with my brother Tony Serrano. Thank you, Lord. He's going to be sharing with us what God will put in his heart to share. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Brother, you want to say hello to the people?
3: Yeah, yeah, hello. Amen. Praise the Lord, yeah. Amen. He's a God. young
2: man who loved the Lord.
3: Yeah, yes, yes. I, I, I love the Lord. I, I'm very grateful for what he has done for me. You know. He has truly. He has been, you know, bringing revival. You know, so many people coming to the Lord. You know, and I'm thankful to God. I'm one of them, and and I'm expecting to see many more people. You know, to, you know, to to come in. You know, and 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 serve the Lord. Yeah, you know? that's the best we can do. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
2: I did have a revelation that God given me this week that I would like to share. I first like to go into the word, then we'll go ahead and, and share go ahead and share the dream the revelation the Lord's given me. It was such a, a real one-in-one revelation something that I've been praying for the Lord for for months and years and he granted it to me this past week and I'm so grateful thank you Lord, thank you Jesus that he's given me the, the blessing to be able to spend some time with some of his sheriffs. Seraphim and Archangel this past week, having a conversation with them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Amen. Let me go ahead and and share some other verses. Shalom, Sister Luna, that I wanted to share tonight. Thank you, Lord. We want to start in Luke 1610. Luke 1610, where Jesus said that he... He that is faithful, and thou which is least. Notice how God. We always think about the more. Shalom, brother Joseph. But Jesus says least. Okay, and that least gives you and I an opportunity. You see, if He says greater, then you and I are thinking, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. If He says greater, that you need to be. You need to be faithful in the greater, then. Where will I leave you and I? Think about it. But He didn't say it in the greater. He said in the least, giving you and I a greater opportunity to be part of the kingdom of God. Amen. Sure. This is this, this. He's so good. He's so awesome. This is like I tell you every week, every time I'm in the year, how good God is. We serve a good God, my brothers and sister, because everything in His Word. It has been him thinking about us first. And how can you not love someone who thinks about you before you can think about him? Who cares for you before you can even care for him? My brother insisted. Thank you, Lord. No no one is greater than him. His love is so awesome. Amen. So he says, he that is faithful in that which is least, I asked Brother Tony earlier, what do you understand by the word least? What do you understand, brother?
3: Yeah, that's the way I understood it was uh you know, the least, it's the the little, you know. Being being faithful in the little things, you know, uh, that we have. Being faithful in the little. The yeah.
2: Now what do you understand by the word faithful? And the in the little that you just say.
3: Yeah, being faithful in the little what I understand from that is uh it's that being faithful in the little is he wants to give us more, you know. Mm-hmm. But because of sometimes we're unfaithful with what we have, you know, with the little that we have. It's it's why we don't get, you know, the much sometimes. It's because we're sometimes we're unfaithful with the little that we have now. Like for example, like for uh like complaining certain things that we have, you know, and, and uh not managing certain things that we have in our lives, like, for example, finances or, or, you know, anything, you know, like, for example, those that have families, you know, it's managing pretty much everything that we have, right, or anything else, it's, but least, the, the, the Lord says least a lot in a lot of verses, so that tells you He wants to give us more, but He wants us to be faithful in, in the little, like least which is the, the little that we have because He wants to give us more.
2: And like I shared with you earlier outside, yeah, there, our spiritual life is like a garden. right? You see how you need to maintain a garden? You need to cut the grass. Okay. You need to clean it. You need to prune. You need to water constantly. Yeah. Okay. You need to maintain it. And the same is, I look at that and I look at my spiritual life. Mm-hmm. It's something that we need to do ourselves the same. That's right. So... Yeah. As I look at these things, these little things, you know, are guarding something so little for God, but it's also so important. Yeah. Same thing, our spiritual life is, we see it so little, but it's so important to God. That's right. It matters so much. Yeah. So we need to, even the list, we need to make it important. We need to see how important it is. That's because right. Jesus said we need to be faithful in the list. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I also see it at least as being constant, in your prayer life like yeah. an example yeah like if you if you tell god look i'm going to be fasting monday wednesday and friday with the brothers and sisters what happened if you say that to god but then you stop
3: yeah that's right mm-hmm.
2: wasn't that something you said to the lord i'm going to do this and then you would do it and these le- least things little things mm-hmm. you will be unfaithful but then all of a sudden you change your mind is that
3: yeah that's it that's that's really a really good example of our, our unfaithfulness, you know, to him, because, you know, when you tell someone you're going to do something it's because, you know, you're going to keep the word, you know, you're going to be faithful with what you said. And that's that's a great example of our unfaithfulness, you know, because, you know, we start making excuses or, you know, oh, I got this and that when we should have kept what we said, you know, and, and that's a great example of what that means, being faithful in the little, you mm-hmm. know.
2: I use, also, I use the other example. You know how preachers say, well, God is speaking to you, but it, it, they should not say that. We should say God is speaking to us.
4: Right. Because
2: yeah. the word, as I'm speaking, is ministering to me, mm-hmm. to you and anybody else listening to. Yeah. So God is not just speaking through the preacher to the people, but God is speaking to all of us. Okay. So, mm-hmm. because the Pharisee did that. The Pharisee will love to give out the word, but did not apply it unto themselves. And we need to apply the word unto ourselves first. Mm
3: -hmm. That's right.
2: Because then Jesus said, give by grace, you know, give what you receive by grace. Mm -hmm. Or give freely what you receive by grace.
4: That's right. You know,
2: Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 So, it is, okay, it's faithful also in much. So he that is faithful in which at least it's faithful also in much. Now, here's the thing. If you are faithful in the least, Jesus said, mm-hmm. so then when God gives you the much, you are also faithful. So what I understand is be faithful in the least. Practice to be unfaithful every day to God in your own personal life in the least.
4: Okay. Yeah. And the
2: time will come when God will put you in the greater, will bring the greater to your life. And what happened when you've been faithful in the least? Because you've been practicing, now it's okay for you to be faithful in the much. Because you already have that practicing life. You know, practicing attitude, gratitude toward God.
3: That's right. You know? Thank you, Lord. And we have the best example, you know, of faithfulness. Uh, it was the. We have many different examples throughout the Bible of 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 faithfulness, uh, but the best one we have is the Lord. Our Lord um, came and and gave that example of what true faithfulness is, you know, and uh, faithful to God, you know. He was, you know, and just that's what we can look at, you know, because men can fail us, you know. Anyone can fail, you know, down here, but we have the Lord Jesus Christ as the best example. He never failed. Never failed you know and he even said you know there's there's only one you know our father which is perfect you know he would never uh, he would always point to the father you know and that even speaks humility you know but what?
2: Oh, wait a say, minute what know? about the people that come to us and says, well my, my pastor my pastor was unfaithful to his wife
3: mm-hmm.
2: what do you say to them
3: yeah it's uh, yeah it's yeah we see that yeah that's you, you see that all the time, you know. It's unfaithfulness in men. And uh, so, what
2: do you say? But Jesus was not unfaithful to anyone. So yeah. their eyes should be on Jesus, not on their pastor. Isn't
3: right? It? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it's a really good point here yeah, for sure. Because, you know, and even the people of Israel did this. You know, mm-hmm. their sight. You know, in all throughout the Bible, it's we tend to focus on men, right? On on the on the person. When the Bible says we can't, you know, we should only trust the Lord, you know, and we tend to put our trust in, in another person down here, and that's, you know, that's wrong according to Scripture, because we should only trust the Lord, you know, and, uh, you know, like like that, like you said, uh, you know, like like a minister, when a minister has failed, you know, you know, what can we do? You know, we can, we can pray for him. Yes. You know, we can... You know, he failed, but we know the Lord can raise that minister. You know, the Lord is able, like the Bible says in the book of Romans, the Lord is able to root that person back in, you know, to bring that person back in. And what we do first is judge the person, you know. Um,
2: thank you Jesus thank you Yeshua thank you Jehoshua thank you Lord thank you God thank you Jesus thank you Yeshua. thank you mighty Lord mighty God mighty Jesus mighty Yeshua mighty Jehoshua I apologize some reason the internet tonight is being very very slow so hallelujah it's something that is out of our control, out of our control, because it was working fine before. We never had this problem. But it's something I'm going to have to check on, amen, and see why it's doing that. Thank you, Lord, because that's the last thing you wanted to be happening, the internet cutting up. That's it's doing it now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. We serve such a wonderful... Wonderful. God. Amen. Thank you, sister. Okay. For some reason, I, I believe it's the weather. So I want to apologize. It's, it is the weather. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, Sister Beatrice, let me see. She, she put out uh, uh, something that she said, we are to be like Jesus, faithful like him. Amen to that. Yeah. Because we, we were talking about being faithful. Then mm-hmm. you, you were saying that that that, when people fall, like man, pastor, leader, we, we ourselves need to be looking to help them too. Exactly, yeah. Praying for them, interceding for them, and even ministering to them, and not judging people. No. Because, you see, when you think someone is not going to fall, you know what that is, an idol to you. Mm-hmm. And then so, because every t- the Bible says everyone is bound to fall. Mm. I believe there's a verse that says, that mm-hmm. I, I was telling my mom that there's a verse in, the, in Ecclesiastes that says that there is no man that will do good that will not sin. Mm-hmm. Remember that verse? It's an Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. That will do good that will not sin. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's an example right there. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, and that's another great example. There's no condemnation to those that fall. Because in reality Roman eight one so there's no condemnation for them that in Christ Jesus' now, walking after the after the flesh but after the spirit, you know That's right, yeah, thank you Lord, thank you Jesus, but we are not to be judging no. anyone, and if we if we think this way, then we we will be willing to help anyone who falls, mm-hmm. because the problem is when you're always judging people, there's no window for you to help someone somebody exactly. yeah, there's no window because you're judging them. But if you're always thinking that if anyone can fall there, I want to be there for them. I want to pray for them and even minister to them if I can. Yeah. You know, you just want to be there for your brothers and sisters. But if you're thinking that they're not going to fall and then you're judging them when they do fall, okay? Yeah. Because Jesus said, every, every day brings us on trouble yeah. or every day brings us in trouble. Yeah. So you don't know. Temptation will come, mm-hmm. but what are the men when temptation will
3: come to Jesus also said. Yeah, that's, that's faithfulness, you know, even regarding that verse when it says, uh, you know, when the Lord is speaking about the Lord in the book of Hebrews, He said He was tempted in like sort. sword, you know, because He was in flesh, but without sin. So that tells you, you know, that, you know, He committed no sin. So He's willing and able to help us when we're being tempted, you know, to not sin. So that 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 verse right there points out that we have someone that can help us, you know. We have someone that is able to raise someone up when someone has fallen. Yes. And, thank uh, you. Shalom, brother. Yeah.
2: You. Yes. Yeah. Sister said, for a righteous may fall seven times and rise again.
3: Yeah, that's the verse, yeah. Uh, that's,
2: that so, is a powerful yeah. verse right there. Yeah. So, but then, in this society today, the people going around judging other Christians, Christian going around judging other christians there's no window to have to raise people up seven times mm-hmm. not even yeah. one one time when they fall there's no window because they're judging mm-hmm. them that's
3: right yeah, no that's you know it's kind of one of those things like like when they say you know what would Jesus do? you know that's what we should you know put ourselves in it's like what would Jesus do it the Lord will intercede for that person. The Lord will pray to the Father for that person. Father, have mercy, you know, on him. You know, that's the same mentality That we should have, you know, toward those that have fallen. You know, and that's 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 really, you know, we, we know we know that. Amen. Yeah. And yeah. that's another point
2: that we sometimes we don't think about ourselves. That if you judge someone to fall, then next time that is your turn. Yeah you are going to seek for mercy, but you're not going to find it. Because you, what, exactly. they, what do you do? You charge other people. Yeah, You know? Yeah. Well, here's another verse, Matthew 5, 19. Whosoever therefore should break one of the least commandments and to teach men so, he should be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever should do and teach them, the same should be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And he's talking about least, Again, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know which commandment is least. Out of all the commandments, which ones are least?
3: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: man. Isn't that a good question?
3: Yeah, yeah, it is. To me, they're all great.
2: So which one is least? It's hard for me to (laughs) put
3: it together. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, says those that. Whoever shall do and teach them, you know, that the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And, you know, that there shows you that.
2: See, so yeah. if you're judging someone, you cannot teach them. Right. Because the person in say, "But you're judging me. How do you come out to give me the word, to teach me the word? Yeah. So you don't give them, you, the window of mercy is not there. Mm-hmm. Or the person is not willing to receive it. Because the first thing we we came out I was judging the person. You know when you judge someone. Yeah Okay, so this is speaking to me and to all of us here, right? Don't go around judging people Because then there's not a window for you to minister for that person to right and it doesn't mean that you because you're not judging the person You are agreeing with what the person is doing that could also be a misunderstanding the person because you're not judging them they think that you agree with the sin they committed you, and it's not that way thank you lord yeah. so no judging
3: yeah and it's definitely not convinced. judge
2: not jesus said but he said judge not it's not a window for us to judge mm-hmm. so
3: judge not, Yeah. thank you lord that's something that we don't know you know because he only knows the heart you know god knows what you know the heart so like who are we to judge you know when we only see what we, you know we do sometimes we speak what we think it is when in reality you know the lord knows everything you know and and uh, so yeah we have no right to we, we can't judge you know someone else and we shouldn't because that brings you know that can even lead to gr- bigger sin you know so it's, it's really best if you just not judge because we, we can't really you know because with the measure that we measure others you know it will be measured unto us you know that's really what, what that means. We can't be. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. You
5: know, Thank you, Lord.
2: Matthew 11:11. 11, 11, Verily I say unto you, among of them that are born of woman, they have not risen are greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, that he that least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And we know that John the Baptist was a great prophet. We know that. But in the kingdom of heaven, the church, the bride of Christ, the least is greater than him, Jesus said. Should we go? Should we go around saying I'm so great? No. no. But it will also lead to us to understand who we are in the kingdom of God. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So that's important too. That is important to know that we are not trash. We're very valuable by God. That's
4: right.
2: Okay? Yeah. in God to us, we are great. Like the Lord confirmed, we are, we are special, each and one of us. Mm-hmm. There's not two of us in all creation of God. Mm-hmm. There's only one of us. Yeah. There's no two Tony Serrano. There's only mm-hmm. one in the kingdom of God. And there could be a lot of, like I show you, mm-hmm. there could be six other people like we have on the Lord's Hour. Yeah.
4: Six
2: other Tony Serrano. Yeah. But there's only one of you. That's right. Yeah. And one are each of one of them mm-hmm. Amen mm-hmm. And that's what I means you special and unique to God Because that's what yeah. we are okay. Thank you Lord mm-hmm. It's awesome mm-hmm. Matthew 7 2. For with what judgment you judge ye should be judged And with what measure you, you meet Or you measure mm-hmm. I believe that's what it means And should we measure you again What do you think about this one now
3: Yes, yeah, that's true. You know, we have a saying that we we say we say we say karma, right? That's the worldly world uh, word that you know we use down here. But no, that that's true. It's uh, with what measure we measure others, it will be measured unto us. You know, that that's true. Mm-hmm. That is true. With what we, cause there's power in our tongue. You know, there's power with what we, especially with to believers, especially to us. There's it's power. Us believers when we speak something it's more powerful you know there's more power to the word that we speak than with the world and I and I've seen that I I can tell that because because uh, there's a there's an example in the Bible where it says you know there was a there was a prophet that wanted to, to curse Israel or he didn't want to curse Israel but uh, he was a uh, there was another king that wanted him to curse Israel
2: Balaam yeah Balaam
3: you know, that's God teaching us, look, there's power in our tongues, you know, especially as believers, there's power in our tongue, and with what we say, you know, there's a lot of power to it, and that's why we, as specifically as believers, we can't be speaking the wrong words, you know, like we were just speaking judging, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that's really important. Amen. You know? thank you lord so don't don't
2: measure other
3: people yeah with any
2: type of measurement because then you'll be measured with the same yeah exactly you
4: know yeah. matthew
2: 25 40 and, and the king shall answer and say unto the valley, valley i said unto you and so much if he had done unto one of the least of these are my brethren he had done unto me now jesus put himself in the position of the brothers and sisters okay uh, how do you see this one now? Because he's putting himself now in our place. If you if you mm-hmm. do, let's say, evil unto one of the Lord, you know, elected one, mm-hmm. then you're doing that unto the Lord. That's he that, yeah. says. So that sounds to me like mm-hmm. God takes it personally. Not personal. Personal. Yeah. Of people judging other people. Arising against other people right. Like that's something That he's not going to stand for Yeah You know oh He's God. going to fight for us Yeah and is, that, is, is that something we can Trust God on to fight for us
3: Yeah yeah, I believe that Yeah Yeah he is He fights for us You know We're um, his people And He calls us He calls us his little ones You know His children And uh you know, and uh, he does fight for his people, you know, for like an example is, you know, when the Lord was crying out, when the Lord said to the Father, Father, have mercy on them. know, I can imagine the Father was going to, you know, because they were, you know, beating on the Lord and, and, one you know, killing him. When what they did with him, you know, I, I can imagine his Father just, you know, just, you know, according to his righteous judgment, wanted to destroy them because of their evil, you know. But the Lord said, Father have mercy on them, for they know not what they're doing. You know, that that's that's a good example and,
2: and there, yeah. there there would be a righteous judgment coming up on their life. Yeah. If the Lord would not intercede, God was not gonna do nothing that they didn't deserve.
4: Right, yeah.
2: You know? Like if he would have killed all of them, they would have been righteous. Because God is righteous. Yeah. It would have been justice. Yeah, that would have been justice, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So, is that also applied to prophecy, the end-time prophecy, that God is saying is bringing destruction? Yes.
3: Yeah, he has already spoken it, you know. Uh, first, he, ha- he has spoken it. First, it's, it's all in the Word. It's, it's already been written. Now he's confirming it through, through you know, through the prophets. And, uh... And it's, he's going to bring it to pass on his timing, you know, it's going to happen. That's something that's going to happen on his time, you know, and and it's going to happen for sure because he has, you know, he has ready, but not in our timing, you know, we know what's going to happen, but on his timing and that, that's faithfulness, you know, he's it's we're, we're trusting in him, you know, it's not that we're, you know, mm-hmm. we're focused on him who has spoken the word, you know, because he's faithful, you know. Amen. Yeah. Okay.
2: Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. I think yeah. that is awesome. Well, this week, waiting for more people to log in before I go ahead and share. Uh, God answered me one one of my one of my petition I have. I I wanted to uh, Shalom Rachareti. Thank you, Lord. And and one of my petition was that. I wanted to speak with some of the sheriff of God and, and the, the seraphim of fire that was one time was by the throne of Father. The Father allowed him to speak to me and minister to me. One of those seraphim that some people I've seen flying around the throne, he was standing this time next to the throne, he was about seven feet plus. I would say eight or nine feet because he looked down to me as he was speaking to me. And I knew that the word coming out of his mouth is in the Bible. Bible. I believe it's seven, seven times through the fire. I got to look at that. it up. It's about the, each word that was coming out of his mouth, hallelujah, was being put uh, through the fire, my brothers and sisters, several times. And it's in the word of God, it would have very nice to have, hallelujah, as the word was coming out of his mouth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You see? Hallelujah. Well, because uh, I'm speaking, I won't be able to find it that quickly. But it's several times the word was coming out of his mouth. And it would be, and it was before it came to me, the Word coming out of the mother seraphim was going through the fire. So this time last week, uh, um, I began to pray. Um, you know, it, it was so uh, coincidental because I went into prayer, and, it, and I knew that I began to ask for, for a lot of, angel, millions of, billions, billions of angels, millions and billions, trillions of other angels, archangels and sheriffs. And the room where we were staying began to be flooded, flooded with angels, anointing angels, ministering angels. I mean, it was so powerful because I was binding the enemy. Uh, I asked the Lord to send uh, 5,000 anointing angels with oil to anoint the room, the place where we were staying. And all that was going on in the middle of the night. And so... It was so special because everything was being anointing, and I can feel the anointing all over me. But God was getting everything ready to to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sister. There we go. And the word of the Lord, flawless, like silver, purifying, incredible, like gold, refined seven times. That's it. it. That's it. Oh, thank you, sister. Thank you, because that doesn't make me a liar now. Because if you cannot prove it by the word, that makes you alive.
3: Thank you, Lord. Thank you very
2: much, sister. Man, you see, I tell you, we've got a wonderful family in the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. So, in that glory of God, in the spirit, I was in the room, and the Lord opened my eyes, my spiritual eyes. And immediately, I can see the glory of God right in front of me in the room. A cloud of glory. Out of that cloud of glory, four of them, a seraphim, a sheriff, an archangel. Thank the Lord. I'm trying to think of the other angels. But let me describe what I'm seeing. One of, one of the, the, the sheriffs that I'm looking at, he was like a, like a complete diamond. Diamond. It was not just like he was had diamond all over him. He was like a complete, like a stone. But at the same time, it's not like as you imagining a stone, because he's a being. He is. He is a son of God. And I, I have said on the Lord's hour, angels are our brothers. They are brothers, because. In Genesis 1, the Bible says that the angel, the sons of God, went to the daughters of men, talking about angels. And the book of Job chapter 1 says that at one time, the sons of God came to present themselves before God, talking about angels. And then God calls out his sons. So angels are the sons of God, according to the Bible, two different books, Genesis and the book of Job calls the angels the sons of God, and the Bible calls us the sons of God. So what are we? Brothers and sisters. We are brothers. And I never heard anyone say that angels and I are are brothers. But I know this by the word of God, that we are brothers. My brothers and sisters. Fellow workers in Christ. Okay? So to God, they're not greater than us, but we're not greater than they neither. We're brothers in the Lord. So they come forward from the presence of God, and they're standing right in front of me. The seraphim was pure fire. I can see him out of the presence of God. He was all fire. I can see the being. I can recognize him. He came forward and greeted me. My brother and sister and he was the same seraphim that I had spoken months ago in heaven. There he was now, standing in front of me, my brother and sister. And that other angel, who looked like a diamond, who is like a diamond. He is a diamond. But he is a being. I don't know how God does these things. But wait until you see them in heaven, my brother and sister. The other, I knew was a sheriff. I believe he was Michael, but I'm not not going to confirm that, because I don't remember him saying to me he was Michael, but I knew he was an archangel. He was very strong and mighty in God, in the mighty power of God, and there was another angel that I also recognized. All four of them were standing in front of me, and I began to have a conversation with them. And I began to ask them about prophecy and the judgment to come. And I said to the angel, to the angel that looked like a stone, a precious stone, like an emerald stone. I said to him, uh, when are the judgments are supposed to happen? How close are they to happen? And he says to me, Ask the Lord Elvi, as the Lord has said to you, they're going to happen. He referred me back to the Lord. You see, we need to be submitted to God this way. That when someone asks us, we refer the person back to what God has said by his own words. where we don't add, and we don't take away. And I'm looking to this being, and I'm speaking to him. She spoke to me firm. He spoke to me clear he referred me back to Jesus he referred me back to the Lord and what he has said because he is Lord of Lord he is King of Kings and heaven and so he is loved and respected and they submit themselves to him they don't ask what Jesus has said they don't take away from what he said because Jesus is God and even Revelation 1 the Almighty my brother and sister. I love how he responded. I love, he, he, he brought me back, sent me back to what Jesus has said. So they submit to God, and they are great in my power in God. Why can't we do the same? Why do we have to add to the story? Why do we have to say, Bob, because brother, brother and sister and sister said so and so. And now we have to look, If someone else says something else than what God has said, I was listening last night to his minister. He's a very powerful minister in America, the scholar, the very respected, and he was talking about Revelation 13, the mark of the beast. And when he was asked about the mark of the beast, this is what, excuse me, he responded, I don't know if things are going to happen, how the Bible says so. At that very moment, I'm like, I have said this on the Lord's hours. If a preacher don't think that the Bible is going to happen, how God says so, he is planting a seed of doubt into anyone's heart or mind. And we are no but one to plant doubt and unbelief into anyone's life. The Word of God is the truth. Jesus said he is the Word, right? He said he is the truth in the life. And no man coming to the Father said through him. There's no doubt, or oh, I in the word of God, but in the mind and the heart of man. We are no one to be planting that in comparison and comparing this to the word of God. To say that I don't think the word is going to happen how the Bible says so. No, because God is not going to tell us how things are going to happen. The people that he will first saw, great and small, rich and poor, to receive a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. Not brothers and sisters. God's not going to tell us that. And then it's going to happen in other ways, they say. No. No. It cannot be. God cannot lie, the Bible says. God is not a man that he will lie Nor the son of man that he will repent The word of God is firm Who did Samuel say this to? To a rebellious believer King Saul Bible insisted Who questioned the word of God In all his life See, King Saul questions the word of God he questioned David. He questioned Samuel. King Saul thought of himself being a priest. Instead of waiting for Samuel to make the, the sacrifice who God had chosen, he decided to make the sacrifice himself. That is a pride. When you think that you're like a priest, when you're not, but you're like someone God had chosen and anointed for the ministry when you have not been anointed and separated by God to do that ministry. He was anointed to be in king. That was eight. He was not anointed to be in a priest. My brother and sister. My Lord, my God. Even Moses. God anointed Aaron and his son for the ministry of the priest. But he didn't anoint Moses. David, he didn't anoint either for the minister of the priest. Each ministry has a value before God. And if you try to do what God has anointed someone to do, you may die. My brothers and sisters, you may die. And is that the Antichrist seed like King Saul, so, famous, similar to King Saul. So. He's going to go to the temple of God and sit in the temple of God. He's going to stop the sacrifice because he's thinking of himself as a a lamb. But there's only one lamb before the eyes of God, his son Jesus. You see, no one can take the place of Christ. And no one can offer Christ because God already offered his son. Mm -hmm. What what Abraham said to his son, God will provide himself a lamb. God already provided himself a lamb, and his name is Jesus. Jesus Christ. Baphrodite sisters. Before the foundation of the world, he was already crucified. He's already been offered by Father for the salvation of the world. He's the only Savior. God would offer them to himself, says Abraham, a lamb. The lamb has already been offered by God, by Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim not just that no one can offer another sacrifice but the perfect one that god offered. and god of course is going to offer the best jesus christ is the best thank you lord thank you jesus thank you Yeshua. so in my conversation with them they confirmed the prophecy they confirmed what the lord has said i only asked them is when would these things come to be and because I said, look, well, we were waiting for things to come, and we're waiting for what God has said, but they refer me back to what the Lord has said, and that's the way it's supposed to be. No false came out of their mouth. You know, I'm always careful when, you, when someone says, oh, an angel spoke to me, because an angel pretending to be an angel like can deceive you. Amen? And usually you, you got to ask angel, if they believe that Jesus came in the flesh as a man, you got to put him to the word. I did that to a, one time to, a, to a, a archangel. I saw an archangel, and I saw him talking about the Lord. And he, he was talking, and I was there, and I said, man, i ask you a question. And he says to me, I already know what you're going to ask. He says to me, he says, can I ask you that question? Well, I still said, because someone else would have said, "Well, if you already know what I'm going to ask, I'm not going to ask you then. No. Stand on the Word of God. The Word of God is the truth and the life. Remember. And I asked you the question, and Jesus came in the flesh as a man and walked on the earth as a man. And he said, yes, he did. Amen. And died for the sin of the world. Thank you, Lord. And that's what you want to hear my brothers and sisters hallelujah now looks 948 brother let's let's see what the lord says here and he said unto them whosoever shall receive this child in my name receive me he says and whosoever shall receive me receive him that sent me for he that the least among you for he that is the least among you all, the same shall be great now what is this least now here
3: that least to me that's speaking of uh it is you know it is to me it's speaking humility, you know the least the the you know we're we're called as, as you know little ones you know um uh we're, you know to me that's speaking about humility and uh because when we humble ourselves before before the Lord that's when it says the same shall be great you know um that's that's how that's ministering to me when I was reading that verse that's okay. speaking of of your humility uh um, Amen. in us you know again.
2: so oh he also used another verse where he says that if we want to be great in the kingdom of God, you have to become a servant
3: a servant yeah
2: is that sure. what the least is about
3: yeah, yeah, that also speaks of, of the least you know of uh of uh, serv of um you know ser- servants of christ you know we we serve the Lord you know and uh, but yeah that it does go with that for sure it's
2: probably, but whosoever receive this child of my name receive me mhm. So we have to, if someone comes in the name of the Lord, which a lot of people confuse Mm -hmm. that when someone says that they come in the name of the Lord, are people using the name of the Lord in pain? But usually when someone comes in the name of the Lord, there is a confirmation. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A a confirmation from the Spirit of God who witnessed the our Spirit according to Roman 8. That we are the sons of God. Yeah. So that's important. Okay. So be careful because you need to use your discernment so you don't fall into uh, the C4 false prophet, false messenger, a prophet of the devil. Because as God had his servants, so also the devil had his servant. One thing we were talking about this past few days was that... With God, you cannot be lukewarm. Mm -hmm. Neither with the devil. The devil doesn't take someone who says he's of the devil, but also say he's of God. Mm -hmm. The the devil don't believe in those people. Like you cannot be a a witcher for the devil and also go to the church. Mm -hmm. An example, like look for God or talk about God. He wants someone fully committed to Him. Because he imitate God, and God doesn't take lukewarm easy neither. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that the lukewarm he will vomit, mm-hmm. he will reject. In another word, he yeah. will not receive any believer who who says they are but they're not. Right. In another word, so with the devil you cannot be halfway. With God you cannot be with God you cannot be halfway. With the devil neither you can be halfway. So we need to be truly a disciple of God. Yeah. And not be halfway Either way We need to be with God 100% yeah. You know okay. It's important that yeah. Thank you Lord Amen. Thank you Jesus Praise the Lord Hallelujah I want to go to here Number twelve seven, Because here Moses My servant Moses Is not so who is faithful in all my house. Now, now comes, because remember, we were talking about what Jesus said, being faithful in the least. So Moses was faithful in all the house of God. But the house of God is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And we are the house of God. Moses in the house of God, his own body, was faithful. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, the Lord did, you know, even in the book of Hebrews, it goes with what he says, you know, Mo- speaks about the faithfulness of Moses, you know, and, uh, and all my house, yeah, Moses, See, like you said, we're either, we are the house of God, you know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and and Moses was faithful, you know, and all that God ordered him to do for the people, because, you know, that was God's people back then, you know, so that's what he says right there. He was faithful in all mine house. Moses did his part, you know. The Lord commanded him to do something. You know, he did it. That's faithful, faithfulness to God when you do something that, you know, he tells you to do. You know, and...
2: Something he also did, he listened to the voice of God. Yeah. And the guidance and the leading. You know, another thing was that a lot of people, the Lord would speak to them in a dream and a vision and say, Look, I want you to go ahead and do this. And they will not take that word serious, or that dream, or that voice of the Lord serious. Because, or they will keep asking for more confirmation, they won't take them serious. And they will not do it. That's mm-hmm. it. Moses, when he heard the voice of God, like Abraham, leave your land, your parents' land, and, and go to a land that I will show you that was the voice of God to Abraham. Yeah. Abraham obeyed that voice. Yeah. He obeyed the God. He obeyed our boys. So we have to do the same.
4: Thank you, Lord.
2: Thank you, God. Praise to Jesus. And this is what Moses knew. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know, therefore, that the Lord thy God, he is God. Okay? Let's start there. Because now he tells the people that the Lord God is God. What do you mean by it?
3: Yeah, he was, you know, yeah, the that Lord, the that, that Lord, thy that God, he is God.
2: You're not dealing with a man.
3: Yeah, he is God, you know, and he was pointing out, pointing the people to God, you know, and because uh, I'm sure most people were just focused, you know, on, on the ministers instead of, you know, them actually, because God was speaking to Moses, we know that, right? Mm-hmm. God was speaking to Moses, to the people. But God's desire is for the people to come near to him, to God, directly. You know, it's not, it's not that you can, yeah, you can, they were doing fine and by listening to Moses, you know, because God was speaking to him. But what I get from that is that God's desire is, like in the beginning, God walked with Adam and Eve. God's desire is for the people to come near to him, have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. you know. That's what I, you know. That's why he was pointing and to, to God because. The guy
2: initiated the yeah. relationship.
3: Yeah, yeah, good yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been like that since the beginning. That's his. It's really up to us now that it's we don't, we need to draw near to him. It's this close relationship with us and God, our Creator. You know, you yeah. know. And now
2: he points out another uh, quality of God.
3: If
2: you could say quality, yeah. a fa- the faith of God.
3: Yeah, the faithful God. Who, see, Moses knew him because Moses had a relationship with God. You know, we 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 see here that he knew God. He he knew more a lot about God, and that's why he spoke that way. He's the faithful God. You know, because he knew he knew God. He was he would speak with God. You know, he had that relationship with him, that closeness with him. But
2: well, here's another question I have for you. Can God be unfaithful?
3: No, no, he cannot be unfaithful. The way you understand this more, deeper, is when you come near to him. When you get to know him, you understand that in a deeper meaning. You know, when you when you seek him, when you seek him more, when you go to that point where you understand that he cannot fail, and he will never fail because he's, he's perfect. In fact, he already knows the beginning. Here, he already knows the end. You know, there's no. He cannot fail. It's really, it's us that fail. It's
2: well, let me ask the people in the in the chat room. Can God be unfaithful? Let me know your answer. I, this is important because this is personal relationship with God. And in your personal relationship with God, you need to know about your God. Can He be unfaithful to us?
3: Thank you, Lord. Sovereign, I like that word, Jesus. yeah.
2: This is going to help you. And the days to come, and the week to come, you need to know who God is. Can God be unfaithful to you? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. This is really going to help you. Please, please, give us an answer. Can God email me, okay? Email me. Can God, this is important, okay? This is very important that you answer this, okay? Because this is going to help you. Because when the enemy arrives, telling you, oh, look what you're going through. I don't know how you're going to make it by just trusting God and praying and seeking God. You know, you need to remember that God cannot be unfaithful. So the answer needs to come from inside of you, from your own heart, your own understanding, your own relationship with God. This is important. Can God be unfaithful? The question is, can God be unfaithful? hallelujah thank you jesus amen god is always faithful yeah. amen. amen this is this is important and this is going to help you in the days to come and the months to come and and if we get judgment this year you need to know thank you god is faithful hallelujah like him hallelujah thank you lord it's important it's important that that you can answer this and that you can meditate on this question Okay, because you're probably praying for a job. You're praying, you're praying to God for something. You're waiting on God for something. Can God be unfaithful to you? I'm going to say this to you. If, if you think that God can be unfaithful to you, you will have to be the first on the one day will go to the throne of God and meet God face to face say, God, how come I prayed on the earth? How come I saw you on the earth and you never answered me? No one has been able to do that in all creation and all the billions and trillions of years. And I don't think you will be the first one that will be able to do so. That will say to God, I prayed, I fasted, I saw you, and you never answered me. Can someone ever say that to God? So far, no one has been able to. Will you be the first one? That will say to God, I pray, I fasted, I waited on you, I, I you know, I was seeking you, and you never answered me. Would someone he- ever say that to God? My brother and sister, to his faith in heaven. When we get there, we're going to get there, we're going there. That's where we're going. Yeah. Can, I, can someone come to the throne of God and say, I prayed, I fasted, I was seeking you, and you never answered me. Because if you say that, if you say yes to that, you will be the first one in all creation. Hallelujah. Praise Amen. you, God. Thank you, Jesus.
3: He's the one that will never fail. You know, He, uh-huh. he is. He is faithful. To, you know, He's. He's more than what we can imagine. Now, He. He. I don't know. He's. He's more than what. Like, you know, he's more real than us, you know, he's more real, real than all creation. He is, he's, he, you know, he's, uh, you know, like, the supreme being. You know, he just, he gives us that example. And like, for example, look, look, when you see the Bible, we he has already told us the beginning to the end. So... The end from the beginning. The end from the beginning, exactly. So how can he ever fail? There's no way he can fail. We can't tell Father, you know, you fail me in this. You cannot. We cannot say that to him.
2: So what happens when people, when someone feels this way?
3: It's because of the affliction, you know, because of their, because of us, you know. We we feel that way, and uh, and uh, just like Job, you know, Job was faithful, you know. Job Job he was going through the biggest suffering you know that few people have gone through, you know and uh that is faithfulness to God he understood the faithfulness of god he he under you see that he had a relationship with God you know and he uh he worshiped God, he understood his faithfulness, you know so what he did was uh he spoke what was right, and although he wanted i'm sure he wanted to speak certain things, but he stayed quiet, you know he didn't You know, he opened his mouth to only praise God during his affliction because he understood how faithful God is. And uh, David understood that very well also. You know, we read in Psalms and we see him talking about the faithfulness of God all throughout Psalms, you know, and uh, he understood the faithfulness of God. And that's what we need to be also. We get to that point where we understand his faithfulness and knowing that he is faithful. It's really up to us now. We need to get to that point where we understand that he is he is faithful you know he will never fail us he is you know yeah, yeah.
2: thank you Jesus. he is god the faithful god who keeps the covenant and mercy with them to love him, to keep his commandments a thousand generations to a thousand generations that's a lot of generation brother yeah that god would, would keep his word Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now here's what's in the heart of God, which is in first time two thirty five, I will raise me up a faithful priest who should do according to that which is my it's in my heart and in my mind.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: This is Christ here. This is Christ.
3: Yeah, that's what I was.
2: And I will build him a short house. And he should walk before my anointing (laughs) for... I love this Mm one. Thank you, Lord. Forever. Thank you, Lord. Forever. God promises are forever and ever. And Mm there's sure amen to them. Thank you, Lord. So we can always trust. So God speaking about Jesus this way, what what does that tell you? who Jesus is, the Father can say that
3: He is a faithful priest. He's faithful. You know, the book of, you know, and uh, Paul understood this very well also. You know, he spoke about Christ the way that, I think he spoke about Christ. Um, he knew, he, in his, you know, first he began, you know, when he saw Him, you know, on his way to Damascus, he saw the Lord, and that's where he began walking. But he he wrote about Christ so much that it's really amazing. He's the one that said, you know he's the the image of the of the invisible God. He's the image of of, of you know Father. so we, in other words, he's telling us, looking at the Father, if you look at Father, you see the Son in him. they're one. so you, that tells us that just that Father you know is is, is perfect faithful, so is the Son, so is Christ, and, uh, The and Father him says, that
2: he will do according to which is in my heart. Yeah. In my mind. That's incredible. Yeah. And I will, will build him a short house. He shall walk before my anointing forever. Yeah. My Lord, my God. Yeah, We're talking about a throne that is forever. Yeah. You know, his promises are forever. Amen. Thank God, thank you, Lord, thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah! Praise to God. Now, here's another thing that David did. Okay, in First in Samuel 26:3, the Lord render every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered thee into my hand today, and I will not stray from my hand against the Lord anointed. Amen. David refused to kill. Soul,
3: what did they go with that one? Yeah, he did. Uh,
2: First time in 26, 23.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, David, yeah.
2: Is that like uh, a brother writing against another brother?
3: Yeah, because, see, David understood that, you know, Soul, even though he was being disobedient, you know, to God's command... He was still the anointed. Mm. You know, he was still the anointed, and and uh, that reveals, you know, what was the heart in the heart of David, you know, uh, faithfulness to God, you know, after God's own heart, you know. So he he you know he understood, you know, that uh, that that's teaching us, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, he was faithful to God and he was after God's own heart, and he knew that if he would have risen against uh, Saul. You know. What I what I can get from that is that see Saul was still the anointed. You know, Saul mm-hmm. was still the anointed and that's like he says right there, you know, I will not rise up against the Lord's anointed. Was he okay,
2: the other question was he setting an example to those that will follow after him, yeah. not to rise against him?
3: Right, yeah, yeah. That's see that's that that is exactly how it is, you know, that's setting setting us an you know, giving us giving us an example that we cannot come against people just because of what we see, just because of what we, you know, think of that person or what that person is doing, and that uh, mm-hmm. that that's, uh, and that other verses in the Bible confirms that, you know, mm-hmm. we should not, you know, judge. We should not, you know, we should judge not. A, yeah. Or you will be judged. says. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Wow. And uh, even that's even one in the one of the commandments in the Old Testament. You know when it says, uh, you know, to uh, about our about her brethren, about her, you know, you know, to uh, not uh, bear false witness against, you know, our that that's speaking of, you know, not judging, not speaking against anyone because, you know, we just don't we don't know, you know, and we shouldn't, you know, that's something that the Lord has to that's, Something the Lord does, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, not us. We can't do that. You know? Amen. Yeah.
2: And here's the other part in Psalm 89, because we, we begin talking about his faithfulness. And it's Psalm 89, 2. For I have said, mercies shall be built up forever. And thy faithfulness shall be established in the very heaven. Okay? So if it's established in the heaven okay, it's for us to trust down here, isn't it? Thank your
3: Lord. Yeah. Yeah, us that are here on earth, you know, we we trust him, you know, the faithful creator. You know, because we created nothing, you know, we didn't create the earth, we didn't create nothing in creation, you know. We Amen. didn't we didn't create that that's you know, that's what God created. He's faithful, you know. And uh Amen. Yeah.
2: And in Psalm uh eighty nine five, the heavens shall praise thy wonder the Lord. Thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. Okay? Is this something that we can proclaim and talk about it and encourage people with? Yeah. The congregation of the saints.
3: That's right. Yeah. That pe- speaking of uh, congregating, you know, congregating one another and mm-hmm. and fellowship, fellowship in the Lord. When we get together, we we praise the Lord. You Amen. know, we worship Him for His faithfulness. That's what mm-hmm. we do, and and uh, mm-hmm. that's that's the best thing we can do. Is, is fellowship and the Lord is the best way we can do. Thank you, Lord. Yeah.
2: Amen. Now, what do you think about those that don't believe that? unless you go to a temple you're not congregating yourself uh, because Jesus said well there are two or three my name there I will be
3: that's right yeah yeah it's so,
2: like right now the Lord is here because yeah. we're congregating in his name
3: yeah. yeah that's right here and uh, yeah, you know here us it's physically you know but there's so many others listening that that's a congregation just us here you know you know, here it's according to the Lord, you know, there he will be where there's still more gathering in my name and uh, Yeah, I believe that it's you know, I'm not against you know, the the church but the, like you you mentioned before there's a lot of false teaching out there and and uh, that's, that's where the relationship with God comes in, you know, like mm-hmm. we talked earlier, it's when we don't focus on minister or and admin- ministers or other people, we focus on the Lord. You know, we go to worship the Lord. You know, we we praise the Lord. You know, and and that's what I believe in. I. Yeah. Amen. Yeah.
2: Amen. So here's is another one, and it has to do what we what we've been talking about, and it's yeah. what Jesus said in Matthew twenty four forty five. Okay, we talk about the faithfulness of the Lord. And we talked about the faithfulness of us in the little that Jesus mm-hmm. said, that we need to be faithful in the little. And also, being faithful in the little stands for us being committed, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the Lord. Okay. And every day being repentance. Yeah. and, you know, confessing our sin. Because yeah. it's faithful in the little. Mm-hmm. That means that if you're faithful in the little, you have to be in daily repenting. Yeah. Faithfully.
3: That's right. Yeah. It's
2: not something you can put up, right?
3: Yeah. No, it's because we sin every day, you know, and for Mm -hmm. example, we, you know, we, we know that we, we, we fail the Lord in, in different areas, you know, we, so we repent. That's faithfulness, exactly. We, Mm -hmm. we say, uh, we always come to the Lord, you Mm -hmm. know, every day because we sin every day, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we come, that's faithfulness because we say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. I repent. And, uh, faithfulness is When you It's sincere repentance When you say, Lord, I'm I'm sorry, help me Help me to not To not commit this same sin Help me to stop sinning That's faithfulness Because you're always coming back to the Lord for help Because we can't on our strength You know, we are We're a beings in a flesh You know, the flesh is weak But the Spirit is willing You know, and so We come to the Lord We come to, to Him to help us That's faithfulness And, uh
2: well, the way I see it, faithfulness, like in God, as a servant of God, is that faithfulness is a dual highway, mm-hmm. up and down. An example, God is faithful to us in all, yeah. but we must be faithful in the little, as he said. Yeah. So we cannot say, well, God is faithful to me, why do I need to be faithful? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said that we need to be faithful in the little. So what is the little? It's everything that he's commanded us to do.
4: Right, yeah. That's a little. Yeah.
2: Because he's not giving us more than what we can handle. He's given us a little to handle, mm-hmm. but he expects us to be unfaithful in the little. Right. And I did repent repenting, seeking and fasting and all that. Right. Because when, you know, don't we commit ourselves to God when we say, God, I'm going to do this for you?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So those are the little
4: right. things. Mm-hmm.
2: So in Matthew 24, 24 he says, who then is a faithful and wise servant? God is, see- God is always seeking for a faithful and wise servant. Yeah. Okay, which is the bride of Christ. Wise virgin.
4: Right.
2: Whom his Lord. Excuse me. Whom his Lord hath made him ruler over to his household to give them the meat in due season. What do you think about this one?
3: Thank you, Lord. Yeah, it's, you're right, yeah, that, that it goes very, he's seeking faithful, you know, like Paul says, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it's required of the steward to be found faithful, that's what, that goes with, uh, with that verse, is is he wants, he, he wants us to be faithful and wise, you know, um, that when, it's, it's commitment, exactly, he, he wants us to, And what he has commanded us to do, to do what he has commanded us to do. You know, what he has, the area where he has placed us, to be faithful in that little that he has placed us in. And, uh, yeah. Amen. Amen, yeah.
2: Because a lot of people think that because God is faithful, they don't need to be faithful. And that's not what God is asking us. No, that's,
4: no. Because
2: he says we need to be faithful in the little. Right. So then, then this is what he says. Who then is faithful? Who? That's an open question.
4: Yeah.
2: To us. Yeah, Who then is faithful and wise servant? Whom his Lord made him ruler over his household to give them me in due season. You see? So there, there is a faithfulness even on the things that God is going to give to you, but there is a faithfulness from you that God requires.
4: Yeah.
2: And oh, that's yeah. the little.
4: Yeah.
2: Him that is faithful in the little. That's right That people take for granted That they say Oh they, they don't need to be faithful No God would ask you To be faithful In the little Yeah Hallelujah Yeah So It it takes another level Of understanding here About a faithfulness Because you need to understand Yes we say God is faithful And everyone can agree That God is faithful mm. But can we agree That we need to be faithful In the little to God. Yeah. Because he's asking us to be faithful. Who is then a faithful and wise servant? Who? That's a question. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be answered by us. Yeah. Lord, I mm-hmm. you, all of us. We need to say to the Lord Lord, it's me. Mm-hmm. You know? Whom the Lord have him rule over his household to give them more meal and season. And this me and due season, remember we're talking about that the Lord showed me that's going to come the day where we're not going to be able to buy food. Mm-hmm. For some reason, out of our control, you know, out of, out, of, out of our, how was it saying?
3: Out of our control, out of, you know.
2: We won't be able to buy food. There's a time coming okay. that God would allow. That we need to pray to God to provide us with food. And he showed me pre he provided us because brother Tony and I don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Brother Ben. And and God God had told us not to, had told me not to. And so we want to be obedient to the Lord. For years we haven't. And so the Lord showed me that we're gonna ask for food. Like fish, salmon, whatever fish we like. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's He's gonna make an appeal over the table, all cooked, already, mm-hmm. like he did with the fish and bread. When when he provided the fish and bread, it was all cooked, it was all seasoned, to perfection.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: No one complained. Oh, this fish is undercooked. Oh, this fi- this fish has no season. No one complained. It was perfect. You know, I I love the story of Sister mm-hmm. Chu Thomas because she said it one time that in her book, Jesus took her to heaven. And took her to this place in heaven where Jesus went in, and it was like around a lake. He had a, a like grail there, and Jesus went and grabbed a fish with his hand. And, and I believe it was a knife there, he started cutting it open. He started cleaning it. He put it on the grill after he cleaned it and all that, and cooked it for Sister Chu Thomas mm-hmm. and gave her something, something to eat. She said it was the best fish she ever ate. Okay, now, okay, thank you, Lord. And I don't criticize or say the people you're gonna to go to hell because you eat meat. No. Mm-hmm. But again, there is a lot of preservative in me in meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it will be in some fish also. So be careful. But again, you gotta seek thing from the Lord.
4: Yeah.
2: I cannot tell you you cannot eat meat. And I cannot judge you for eating me neither. Okay? We're no one to judge. You have to be led by the Lord. You have to be led by the Lord, okay? And this, in this regard I said that the Lord told me not to eat me And he had confirmed it So I have to be obedient to the Lord Amen So again, he's going to give us Meat Food to eat Whatever we pray for In due season mm-hmm. The season that is due Is when you need it He's going to give it to us when we need it and the moment we need it, we're gonna pray for it, and He's gonna make it appear, ready and cooked, well seasoned, well cooked. I, I love my fish well cooked. Everything I eat, I like it well done. Okay. Yeah. So well done, delicious, okay, the best we ever ate, and I'm looking forward for the days already. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lord. So, what I'm saying is, my brothers and sisters, we can always depend on the Lord. He always has a plan. And he showed me this so clear here in my living room. This happening, we have brothers and sisters that were over the house that day, and we set up the empty pot, we set up the table, and we said, brother, let's hold hand, let's pray. And we began to pray. And I remember that when we prayed and asked the Lord to fill the pot, to, to fill it with food, the bowl, whatever was on the table, he filled it all. But not only that, that he only gave us the food. He gave us what is the appetizer? The
3: dessert.
2: The dessert. They gave us the dessert, right? Like cheesecake, things like that. That some of us like. Mm-hmm. Not everyone likes it, okay? Yeah. But some of us, some of us like a piece of cheesecake with some ice cream on the side. <laughs> some yeah. people like it that way. But uh, some cheesecake, right? Or can be apple pie. Mm-hmm. I noticed that God, when He showed me this revelation not long ago, a few months ago, or well, a few weeks ago. God is in the detail. Because he didn't only just show me the cheesecake, he showed me the apple pie. Or the sherry pie. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. he he had a mix of pie and things that people love to have after they eat a meal. Mm-hmm. It was a complete meal and a complete, you know, mm-hmm. dessert. It was all there ready to eat. Down to perfection. And he just made it a pee after we prayed. You know, and he gave me a clear knowledge and understanding that this is the way it's going to be soon. That we won't be able to buy food in the market, but don't worry. He's going to take care of us, my brother and sister. As, so, as far as it's been in these 30 years, God has been faithful to me and my family. We have lacked nothing. Okay? And when I say nothing, nothing, he's been faithful, okay, my brother and sister. To us, he has been a provider, and he's good, and he's awesome. And I wouldn't change the Lord for anyone. My brother and sister, he's good. He's an awesome God. He is a great God. And for 30 years, he's been faithful. Even when I had nothing to eat, like money, no money in the bank, no money in my pocket. I remember having $20 for the week and I had to put it in the car for gas and then think, what am I gonna eat? And God was faithful to provide. And for me not to go to bed without any food, he would not let me go to bed without any food, without eating any food. He would, he would, he would provide it one way or another, but he would. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And one day, I thought, I was in Massachusetts, I thought I was going to sleep on the sidewalk because I didn't have nowhere to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that day, I got a call into my cell phone. And it says, Elliot, come. I have a place for you to sleep. My brother, who called me to come and sleep to his apartment that he has just rented for him, for him and I, and God had provided him like a miracle. Of money for him to rent that apartment, I remember, and he was so happy. But he has said nothing to me. And in the very moment I was homeless, I say homeless, it was the same day I lost my apartment. He called me and say, "Come, come over, brother Elvie." And I was doing ministry fully, fully. So I will, I would have been a homeless minister who were going to lead people to Christ. And praying for people to be healed. And people will be healed every week. Mm-hmm. My brother and sister. And then find myself like homeless. And God that same mm-hmm. day provided an apartment already that I didn't know about. He called me into something. Come, Bring your things. I'm like, are you serious? Did you just, did you, do you know I just became homeless today? And he says, I heard about it, but God already provided and I said, Well, thank you, brother. Amen. And and I went over. Wow. Man, I was so broken because I was thinking, is God is God going to abandon me today? And this is why I talk about his faithfulness. Yeah. Because the day I became homeless, it was the day I was saying, Is God going to abandon me today? Am I going to have to sleep on the sidewalk? Because I believe as a believer that God was not going to let me sleep on the sidewalk, especially with two or three feet of snow outside. And I was thinking, am I going to be holy sleeping on the sidewalk? And then God was like, my son, please be quiet. I'm in control. And I got the phone call. Come over, early. God already provided. I got a place for you. Like, are you serious? Come over. Come and see it. Come and see it. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed my, my things and I went to see it. And there was a warm place where he did include it.
4: Yeah. You know?
2: Are you hungry, Elvie? There's food there in the fridge. There's food on the stove. You hungry? And I'm like, fear was running out of my face. Because God is faithful. That's all I have to say. He is faithful. He never been unfaithful to me. There was a day that I said, Am I gonna to eat today? And he would never let me down. He always provided. Thank you, Lord. Thank you God. How can I not serve him? When he's been so faithful to me. He had never let gone he had never let me go to bed hungry. He had never let me homeless. Because I had trusted in the Lord. My brother insisted. Imagine if I were to end up in the street, one day I would have gone onto his throne and say, "God, I trusted in you and you failed me, but no one has been able to yet. And I will not be the first one. And I don't believe you will be the first one, because I know that people are listening, and there are people thinking, "Am I going to go homeless? Am I going to lose what I have? Am I going to lose my house to the bank? Am I going to lose my car?" Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to end up in the street in a shelter or under a bridge? Some people think this way. But if you trust in the Lord, if you trust in the Lord, He is faithful. And He cannot be unfaithful. And this is why He's calling us to trust in Him. Tonight is not a coincidence. Tonight is not a coincidence. You know what it is tonight? A plan of God for you and I. Yes. That's what it is mm. Not a coincidence No coincidence in God My brother and sister See, I didn't plan for my brother Tony to be here Because I said, I'm not going to give you my responsibility But I asked him and he said, yes Because it has to come from his love to the Lord He said, yes, because mm-hmm. he loves the Lord
3: Amen, yes you see yeah, sure.
2: i cannot speak for you you have to speak for yourself and you yeah. it's your relationship with him Amen. and god is good and faithful yes and i Amen. thank god for my brother tony thank you lord thank praise you god because the lord is good and his love endure forever hallelujah mm-hmm. thank you lord again how do we start in matthew 25:21. the lord said unto him well done thou good and faithful servant thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things, enter thou into the joy of the
3: Lord.
2: Hallelujah. Why joy of the Lord is that, brother Tony?
3: Yeah, it's, that joy of the Lord is, speaks a lot, you know, because it's spirit, so it speaks of, speaks a lot, it speaks his presence, you know, because his presence fullness of joy, it speaks of just greater things, you know, that, he wants to give us, you know, and uh, you know, he's promising us. You know, he's saying, uh, um, "I will give you this because you've been faithful in the little that you have." So I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you more because now he can, he knows that we can, we're able to re- receive more, you know, and and that's why he's given. He would give us more because we've been faithful in the little, like a test, you know. We like, in other words, we passed that test, you know. In other words, we we were, you know, we were faithful in that little. Now he knows that we can get the more, so, and, uh, but that joy of the Lord, yeah, that that speaks of, enter thou the joy of the Lord. Yeah, and that, that, to me, that's speaking of, yeah, his presence down here also, but we know that's also speaking of the joy of the Lord, which is, you know, heaven, you know. um, Well,
2: I learned something in the Lord. that if I have no money, I don't go to people and say, please send me an offering because I'm so hungry. We can't pay our bills. Never done that. Mm-hmm. I go to the Lord. Yeah. And I say, Lord, remember your promise to me. Mm-hmm. So, because a lot of people do that. Oh, our ministry is going to close down. I'm sorry we're not going to be in the air, they say, because we're not receiving any offering. So we won't be able to pay for Mm. the program. I'll never say that because my trust is in the Lord. That's right. he he that invited me is paying for everything.
4: Yeah.
2: Remember what I said?
4: Yeah.
2: He that invite supposed to pay. Yeah. He's inviting. Yeah. So if you pay, it's not fair.
4: Mm.
2: And that's the way I see it. The Lord invited me to this. So, Mm. Lord, you pay. Yeah. Because he said he'll take care of it. He'll pay.
4: Yeah. Amen. You know,
2: he told me I'll pay you better than men
4: mm-hmm. You know
2: Am like, I hearing, Lord it, it, If this is you, Lord He told me, yes, I'll pay you yeah. better than men mm-hmm. When I was working
4: Yeah.
2: In mental health, thank you, Lord Thank mm-hmm. you to Jesus Amen, he's faithful
4: Yeah.
2: He is faithful But that joy is my question The joy of thy of the Lord I believe the joy is the Holy Spirit okay. And the more If we stay faithful in the little thing Mm -hmm. Okay, the few things, he says, the few Mm -hmm. We say little earlier uh, But the few, the few things Mm
5: -hmm. You know,
2: what is a few things to you?
3: Uh, (laughs) A few things like uh, The least uh, um, uh.
2: Because you cannot be faithful at all you can only be faithful in a few,
3: isn't
2: it? a few, yeah. You can try being faithful and no, all. Yeah. But God only expects you to be faithful in a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know,
4: men will expect
3: you to
2: be faithful in no. all. Right. Yeah, yeah. But God says, no, my son, only in a few.
3: hmm Yeah, and those things, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and those things that he told us to do, you know, that's Amen. the view, the you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and what he has commanded us to do. You know. Amen. Sometimes we want to go overboard, you know, and try to do everything, you know, and it's, no, it's on what he has commanded us to do, and, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's the few Thank things. Thank you, Lord.
2: Thank you, Lord. He's so good. He so awesome. I, I talked about the crown of glory, oh. which I saw my brothers and sisters be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus was putting a crown of glory, powerful, powerful crown, over my brothers and sisters' heads. Actually, I was looking, I was looking afar, hundreds of feet away, because the crown of glory was so powerful. It would knock you down to your feet. And he was placing this crown of glory over my brothers and sisters who ended their race to heaven. Okay. And when I came back, I said, you know what, I want the crown of glory. I want it. But one thing the Lord let me know, in order for a believer to receive the crown of glory, you have to be faithful in the field, mm-hmm. but you have to finish the race. Like all the way through. Okay. You can, if you say, Lord, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home, he may take you home. You didn't finish the race then, if he takes you home. But if you finish it through the end, to the end, mm-hmm. him that persevere until the end shall be saved. He mm-hmm. says. So again, if you finish the race to the end, he will give you a crown of glory, he says. And it's a very powerful crown. Now, what is the crown of glory for? To rule over Christ a thousand years. He says so. Because mm-hmm. what okay, he says, And thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Well, in Revelation 2 will make you rule over nations? Yeah, those many things are rule over nations, okay. you know. So that crown of glory, okay, it's it's wow. My brothers and sisters, very 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 important. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let me see where is that Hallelujah. Uh, okay, first Peter five four. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. This crown is so powerful, there's many crowns. But this crown is where I saw so much power. Okay? This crown is so much power that I saw. Mm-hmm. That I knew that if if I will be close while he was crowning people, I it would have knocked me down to the floor. Power, mm. power. Power over nations, just to give you it's really powerful the crown of glory. Okay? And I saw brothers and sisters kneeling before Jesus and he would place in the crown of glory over their mm. mm. A power that is unimaginable the power of the crown of glory. Wow. And he was placing it over the over there, to so much power to rule over nations. Like, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. If you have the the crown of glory right now, and all the nations rises you with their army against you, mm-hmm. you move your hand, you knock them all down to the floor. Or you make them fly thousands of miles away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how powerful the crown of glory is. And he has it available in him to give it to his church. Mm-hmm. If you finish a right, right. You have to yeah. finish right. Because he said to the right, enter into my kingdom. Yeah. You have to finish right. You don't have to be in there repentant. You have to commit your life. But He showed me from heaven, from heaven. This is this. I'm seeing this from heaven. I saw the ch- the church, my brothers and sisters, even here from the Lord's Tower, okay. finishing the race all the way through, rushing to heaven, rushing to heaven. Okay. And then after they finished and they went to the Lord, and the Lord was ready ready for them with many crowns and His of oh, glory. To mm. place upon their head. But the power, I didn't know about the power the of the to glory. Mm. Until I saw the Lord placing it in the power when like many nuclear weapons. Boom! Mm. Like it was like, you have so much power mm. that no army can stand before you. You move your hand, you knock them down. Mm. I think you can polarize them. Very powerful crown. And he he and when the chief shepherd appears, he shall receive a crown of glory that fade not away. You will receive a crown of glory. Amen. Thank God, brother.
3: Yeah. I mean, the word says it. You know, the crown of glory. You know, crown of glory. You know, speaks of you know power. You know, it speaks of, um, you know, dominion. It speaks of you know, authority. And
2: now listen to this. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you, Lord. Because he reminded me. He reminded me. Thank you, Lord. He's so awesome. I, I forget things. I really do forget things. Pray that I can remember. And sometimes he does it on purpose so I can share it in his timing. Remember we were talking about our, our brothers and sisters that they were fighting these Nestleians at the end, And they were giants. And they were having a difficult time. But the Lord spoke to me about that and showed me. That he showed me that with the power he's given us, there will be no fallen angel that, that can withstand us, Jesus mm-hmm. says to me. Because he heard me talking about this on the Lord's hour, and I, I didn't think he was very pleased. Okay. How someone, someone described it. And remember when I tell you that if I share what, some, what someone else says that they receive from the Lord, I have to be careful. Mm-hmm because the Lord can rebuked me for it. And in this occasion, Jesus came and spoke to me and showed me, you know, us at the end again. And he says to me, uh, that with his power, we will not be defeated. Mm-hmm. Fallen angel will not defeat us. He says to me, that is not something for us to worry about are mm. uh, being defeated by any fallen angels they will not defeat you in my power he says mm. and okay Lord well, but remember I was sharing a testimony that someone else said and the Lord has to come and correct me mm. correct me the right you know right he has to correct me and that's why I, I tell people years ago Sometimes the Lord has to correct me many times because sometimes I will say something that someone else said and the Lord would say, no, my son, that's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't tell me it was not right, but he says to me, look, with my power, you will not be defeated by no falling host, mm-hmm. no fallen angel. Okay, I said, okay, Lord. He assured me that we will not be defeated when we come at the end to fight the devil's army will not be defeated he assured me he told me that himself I like okay Lord so he corrected me okay mm-hmm. and again I have to remember that if I say if I share a dream that someone else said I have to say someone else said it not me I just you know because the Lord would something something he doesn't like mm-hmm. okay his power is over every principality over all power father giving him more power And he said, go in my name. So he empowered us to do his work. Amen. So we are his army. We're we're not going to lose. We're not going to lose. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? I think I saw another one. Okay? And this is about the Lord, Hebrews 2.9. But we see Jesus, who was made little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, and by the grace of God, shall taste death for every man. Okay? But he's crowned with glory, and who can defeat Him? Nobody can. That is the fact of the matter. Mm-hmm. Who can defeat the Lord? Nobody.
3: Nobody.
2: Mm-hmm. Because he has all power, and, and thank you, Lord. It's in his word, all oh power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He says this, and I know it's Matthew 28, 18. He said, came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Right? This is important that we are reminded of this. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all the things whatsoever I have commanded you in law, I will wait for you always until the end of the world. Amen. This is a promise of the Lord that he will be with us always. Okay. But again, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hear the birds. Amen, Sister Renee. Amen. Yeah, the, the, I call my birds, my, what is it I call them? My worship,
3: uh, my uh, worship team. Uh, yeah, the worship, the worship choir. Yeah, <laughs> the
2: worship choir. That's it. Yeah. They are my worship choir. Okay, I gotta cover them on night so they can. Yeah. But I, you know, uh, I was asking earlier. Can can you worship too much? Mm. Can you worship too much? Because they, they're always worshiping all day long. Yeah. And the question is, can you worship too much? And, and the answer is no, because God says in His word all creation will worship Him. All creation will worship Your Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank You, Lord. All creation will worship. Thank You, Jesus. Amen? So, you cannot worship too much. Okay? Thank You, Jesus. But in that faith... And I believe this is the psalm, at the beginning of the psalm, okay? About creation worship in the Lord. It's not coming up, but I know it's there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Yeshua. Somehow, it's not coming up in the Bible, but I know it's faithful. So.
3: You found it, brother? Uh, uh, yeah, it says, uh, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's it. Everything yeah. and they have
2: bread because they yeah. they will have to worship the Lord. Yeah. Okay. No, we can never worship enough. So Anna Moneda can worship enough. Okay? We we, we 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 can only worship God as much as we can. And God do want us to worship him also. I want to remind you of that. That in your own personal relationship and worshiping, Make sure you worship him. Because he, he loves for us to worship him. And also defeat our enemy. Worship is very important. Because, hallelujah, worship is a weapon. Okay? Worship is a weapon. Okay? Thank you, Lord. And then it commands us in John 4 God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him, and spirit him in spirit and truth. Amen. Yes. So, uh, that's worship that. is a weapon. That's,
3: a, that's how Judah defeated, you know, those uh, those people back then, their enemies. It was when they said, uh, when they worshipped God, you know, it was uh, when they said, uh, his, He is good and His mercy en- uh, endures forever. And, you know, he said that the people had instruments and they, you know, and they kept worshipping God. And, and, you know, God confounded, confused their the other army, you know, their, their enemies, the, the enemies of, of Judah back then. And it was, uh, it was through worship that God delivered. He delivered, you know, His people. Amen. Yeah. It was through worship, yeah.
2: Amen. Praise the Lord. And Psalms 227, All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. This is a promise, I believe, when the new earth is established on the earth, Everyone is going to worship God. That, that's going to be awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Yeshua. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. Psalm 29, 2, give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of the Holy I remember a brother shared me one time here, and the Lord that was on the archive. He was going through... A really hard and difficult time for David, I believe it really was. And the devil wanted him to curse God. And he heard a voice coming out of heaven saying, God cannot be cursed. God can only be worshipped. He cannot be cursed. He can only be worshipped. So he, and every time the devil wanted him to curse God, he could not. He can only worship him. Mm-hmm. He ended up bowing on his knee and worshiping God. Because he could not curse God and what he was going through. My mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. So Psalm 45, 11, so shall the king really desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord. Worship thou him. Psalm 66, 4, all the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing. So thy name,
3: so uh, Yeah, that's the one, yeah.
2: That's the one you, you were reading?
3: Uh, that's the one I was thinking of. I couldn't find it. <laughs> all the earth will worship him. Thank you. Praise Thank you. God.
2: Hallelujah. Psalm 86, 9, All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, Oh Lord, and to glorify thy name. It's going to be beautiful on the earth. Mm-hmm. We'll all come to God to worship Him together.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: We're going to worship God together yeah. in the new earth. And we're going to come, as the Bible says, all oh nations who thou have made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify mm-hmm. thy name. Oh, that's going to be awesome, yeah. my brothers and sisters. Okay, Sister Celestial put up another word yesterday. In this regard to America, okay, I know that people from every country listening to us but it's important that you understand that the lord is speaking to her about judgment to come okay and the judgment is closed so you don't want we don't want to disregard god's judgment that is about to come like you're going in california because it's closed and we have to be ready we have to be ready and not take for granted what god is saying because i'm not I know that what she's speaking about is in regard to the to the soon judgment to come. She does mention a lot of things which I remember for the great tribulation. So discern this in the spirit what she is saying, because a lot of it are for the days to come. But a lot of the information she's given us, as the Lord has shown them to me, as for the great tribulation, somehow. See, I put all the information together, and I understand. As a prophet, you may not understand certain things. You have to go back to the Lord and say, "Lord, is this for this time, or is this for the great revelation?" Okay. And then, because I had asked the Lord certain things in regard to like the economy fall, He, he showed me that the economy is going to fall in the great revelation. Okay. But then, God can change His mind. We don't want to disregard that, okay? God can change his mind. As we heard the word God gave Sister Barbara, how God, the Lord was closing the door, and then the Lord said, now the door is open. And it was because there were certain people, I believe, like he showed me last week, when he took me to the place in the valley, the part of heaven, when he took all these people through COVID-19 virus to that place, So while other people were lost, many people, he took them to heaven, okay? And this was the plan of God. So God can do however he please, and who can say to God, why do you do it this way? Because a lot of people feel like they want to question God and what he's doing, but God is perfect, and he knows exactly what he's doing, okay? So if you don't understand what he's doing, ask him. Pray to him, fast and pray, and ask the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand this. Can you reveal me more about this? Like I was saying to the Lord, Lord, you know, because the Lord has shown me the economy falling in the Great Tribulation. Then I went back, he said, for the Great Tribulation. What, what Sister Selection was talking about, he says, hey, for the Great Tribulation. Okay, Lord, I now I understand it. And then he, then he took me there and showed me. By the time he showed me, the church was already gone. Okay? Bye, brother, sister. Now, I don't know exactly what kind of judgment is coming that the economy will be paralyzed. Something is going to happen that there will be, we're not going to be able to go to the food market and get food and buy food for some reason. I know there will be power outages completely darkness all over the U.S., What's going to cause that? Some people believe it's the orchid in California, because someone says to me, other say, brother, if the orchard in California, it will only be here in California, but it's going to go all the way to Maine. I asked the Lord, I said to me, and he showed me. And I said, wow, that's a confirmation, thank you. Okay. So that can be the fact of the power outages all over the U.S., okay? Another thing is the nuclear, the nuclear leak that I'm going to be in the U.S., that this is why for certain reasons, certain states, people will be advised, advised by the government, by state, to leave certain state in the United States when there will be nuclear leak like it happened in Japan already. It's going to happen in the U.S. soon. And certain state will not be livable for a period of time until they, they bring it under control. They can stop the leakage of nuclear waste and all that. And then it's going to contaminate rivers. rivers lakes and the ocean also yeah, it, it, it's gonna be a mess coming up this is why we need to stay close with the Lord and pray about every prophecy and where we hear that the Lord is speaking because the mess is it is complicated because many things are not going to be available like food some food there will be advice for people not to eat them there's another virus coming which it will contaminate animals. okay I was having like a dream and I hear of official information being put out saying do not bite me because the virus that contaminated the meat and official information on television was telling people not to go and bite me because it was being, it was contaminated by the virus. I didn't see what kind of virus it was. I only heard the information that the official was putting out in the days to come. So it is all, things will be unfolding, and then we get a better understanding as they unfold. Some people believe they have more information to it. I believe that the Lord will disclose more as we go on. Okay, This that I was not able to see, I was only allowed to hear. I don't know why I was not allowed to, to, to see, but only allowed to hear. We'll find out in the days to come. I don't even mean anyway. But they were talking about a virus that contaminated the animal. Remember the, the Macau disease that they had to kill millions of cows? Well, something similar coming, but this is a virus coming up. Okay, I already hear online talks about Covid-19 and cows and animals, but I don't know if this will be the the matter of why they will advise people not to eat me. But we'll see in the days to come, and God will show us more. Amen. So here's Sister Celestia, Time thank you, Lord.
5: The government swung into practice and well-oiled propaganda. They began to tell us on the radio, on social media, in print media, billboards, wherever they could reach people, they began to tell us that America is the greatest country in the world, that America is only suffering a momentary setback, that America is not going through any problem that is too hard for Americans to fix. We were going to build back better. We were going to make America strong again. We were going to come back stronger than ever off the back of this crisis. That's what they told us on one hand, and I saw that at that time, the government was extremely vicious towards anyone who said the opposite. It didn't matter if that person was on the news. It didn't matter if that person was just a social media influencer. It didn't matter if that person was someone who was well-trusted on maybe a financial service or uh, a financial speculator, if Anyone was speaking contrary to what the government was telling us at that time. That person was in danger of being charged with sedition. That person was seen as public enemy number one. That person was seen as an enemy of the state. That person was seen as someone who was directly opposed to the government's agenda. And that person was in danger. On the other hand, the reality that we were facing was that we could not put food on the table. As far back as 2018 and even further back, I saw that in this country, people were unable to pay the bills. People had to let go of luxuries, and the luxuries included certain food items. I spoke of those food items in the prophecy called A Vision of America, and that prophecy came in 2021. People had to decide if they were going to pay on the mortgage this month or pay the car note this month. They could not handle both payments. So they were trying to juggle life like that. Do we still send the kids to college? Can we still afford this school? Life was so difficult here, and what made it worse? is that we saw the reality in our purses and our wallets and our bank statements we saw the reality that the money was under severe economic straits but the schism was being caused by the messaging that we were receiving the messaging was telling us you're okay you're fine america is too strong for you to be poor but in that prophecy americans were poor and getting poorer by the months no solution was coming except the propaganda lie that we were being given. And now God is saying now, many years after 2021, many years after 2018, when those first prophecies came, he said definitively that people in America will have nothing. It is very hard to misunderstand nothing. Nothing means the absence of everything, not the absence of just luxuries or the absence of some stuff, It means that absolutely nothing that you want or nothing that you wish to have will you have. He says the jobs that people are working now can pay the rent and put food on the table. And in one of the prophecies that I brought, I think either earlier this year when I was handling financial prophecies, God said that you complain about your jobs now and you complain about the fact that you have to work two jobs and you come home tired. But in the future, yes, the prophecy is called Two More Good Years, in the future... When you lose both those jobs and you enter into that painful reality called unemployment, he said you will miss the fact that you had to wake up so early to hit the first job and had to work so late to complete the second job. You will miss having two, three jobs because those two, three jobs were doing the job of paying the rent and putting food on the table and taking care of you and your family. But when those jobs are swallowed into the economic black hole, that is coming. The prophecy is called worse than 2008. And 2008 is probably one of the worst things that we have on record, except 1933. Well, God says that it's going to be worse than 2008. The jobs are going to absolutely disappear. I brought the prophecy in 2022 where I said, That I saw people standing on the road, groups of men with absolutely no employment, nothing to do. People were just hoping that there was a side job or something that could pay for a few hours so they could go and do that side job and get a little bit of money. America was completely destroyed. There was no job for wealthy people. There was no job for, for people who had less. It was exactly, God was putting the images exactly like it was during the times of the great depression and so he's saying that in the future the same thing is going to happen america is going to be hit with an identical financial crisis whereby in the future you will have no jobs at all because the economy will be corrupted and destroyed and here's what the lord is saying he says the decay is already visible in the economy and it's going to get worse but what do we see on tv We see the people who leave this country emphatically stating that there is no recession, that there is no inflation, that it's all a trick of the light. It is all just wrong numbers entered into the computer. It is liars who are lying to try and make the American people feel that the economy is not robust. They're telling us employment is up, and yet nearly every single person is searching for a job or trying to get a better one that covers their needs. The decay is visible. It's going to get worse, but they're not going to stop lying to us. So people who depend on mainstream, mainstream media to tell you the truth, you are already on the wrong path. God says that mass unemployment is coming. Mass unemployment means the greater majority of humanity has nowhere to pull finances from. In the economy that we have here, you sell your skills and your strength and your time in exchange for money so that you can access what you need. But when there's mass unemployment, that means there's no jobs, there's no industries to offer jobs, and there's no money in circulation. So both the sellers, the stores, the Macy's, and the everything else that we can already see closing, they're closing in groups of 50s. And hundreds and two hundreds and three hundreds now whereby it was just so and so is closing 15 branches now entire malls are going dead and it's not by accident this is the decay that God is talking about it's visible to people but the problem is that most people are occupied with other things and so they can see the decay but very few people are doing the spiritual math on what does this mean for us in a few years time God says that everything will shut down everything will go silent and there will only be one sound and I prophesied to that sound three or four years ago he says it will be the sound of people wailing for daily bread while the government has no solution to the problem a lot of Americans don't know what it means to go hungry many people in this country have never skipped a meal in their life so the idea that it's possible to wail. A wail is a loud, pained, and hopeless cry. The idea that people in the richest, or says it's the richest, God says America's broke. So let me not quote the propaganda, but quote the truth. America's functionally broke, functionally bankrupt, and very good at lying about it. But the nation is called the richest country in the world, the most powerful. And yet the idea that people in such a country could end up crying for food, as people cry for food in Yemen sometimes, as they cry for food in Iraq, as they cry for food in Syria, as they cry for food in many countries that have suffered brutal and long civil wars in Africa, it's probably out of most people's ability to conceive And yet, please don't forget that the Master's Voice has two prophecies that are called, America will be like Zimbabwe. In those prophecies, God basically said that the money is going to shatter, crumble, stumble, fall down, and become utterly useless. And everything that the nation of Zimbabwe has gone through, we will go through. There are quite a few testimonies from Zimbabweans under the written blog at the Master's Voice Prophecy blog and under the video. So if you want to find out what that country went through, it would be very good for you to go and look at. God says, they are pretending now that the matter is in containment. Speaking of the rot and the decay of the economy, they're pretending now that it's in containment, but I say to you, rot has spread throughout the ship and soon it will run aground on the rocks of a global collapse that will set humanity back 50 years in terms of its reach and severity. A huge global financial crisis is at hand, staggering economies, total collapse, financial shutdown and the birth of the New World Order. The New World Order will rise out of this crisis with bland promises of restoring order and making things better for everyone. Rest assured, in the rising desperation, people will receive this news with relief but it is a lie and a deception. The new order is death. Death for the masses. Death for the poor, especially. Forced labor and eventually work camps in which multitudes will meet their end. So it is just that I have not had time to put, I guess, the last 20 now prophecies of the master's voice and prints on the master's voice time is not as it once was with me but i will do my best because i strongly recommend that people should read these prophecies you read these prophecies i think that you will take this work a lot more seriously than most people do most people feel that this is just something casual i'm doing they just feel that someone would just pick up on her own and have years year after year after year, dedicating time to making videos and just having discussions and then people can just pass by and have discussions back at me and let me know what their opinion is and move on. But something very different is going on here. God says that this country is on its way to its final destruction. This is Mystery Babylon and God has already pronounced judgment on America and no amount of dissent and upset and complaining and well, I just don't agree is going to change that. So when I'm reading out these things, I'm reading out final things that are going to happen. And as this prophecy gets a lot more graphic and a lot more final, it is my hope that people will begin to make their way to the Master's Voice prophecy blog. The website is www.the-masters-voice.com and begin to go through those prophetic words one by one with the sober-minded understanding that no matter what happens in any other country around the world, God has laid out in very detailed fashion how America is going to come to her knees and to her end. It behooves Americans to know what God is saying. It behooves Americans to know why God is saying it, that his judgment is just, it is perfect. He has assessed this nation from end to end from top to toe, and he has found nothing to commend us to heaven. That is why the judgment in Revelation 17 and 18 was already set before anyone began to warn here. The rot is spreading throughout this ship. Financial rot, economic rot, social rot. In every corner. And God says that soon the ship is going to run aground. When a ship runs aground, it means that instead of slowly coming into the harbor, it is driven either by the winds or by its engine, full speed onto the rocks. Now, nowadays, the ships are made of metal, so I don't know if that actually causes any harm. But in the old days, the boats were made of wood. And if you ran aground, the rocks destroyed the bottom of the ship. And it was usually impossible to save that ship because once the planks, once the bottom of the boat had been ripped out, water rapidly filled all the compartments of the boat and that thing would be sunk and no good. And God says that this global collapse that's coming is going to set all humanity back 50 years in terms of how far it's going to reach and how severe it's going to be. The prophecy that talks about this is called nothing but scattering. I brought that prophecy last year that was one of the live prayer calls that the Lord gave me. A live prayer call is where I'm on the phone praying with others and then prophecy just begins to bubble forth. It's not one of these where I have a dream or it's not one of these where the Lord will sit with me and speak to me and tell me, write down all my words and record what I'm saying. Live prayer call is where we're praying about something else entirely. And then live information, prophetic information from the Lord begins to bubble forth out of my mouth. And I'm just speaking, 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 saying what is being put into my heart, seeing the pictures that I'm seeing, expressing them. So there are about five or six of that um, on the blog. And Nothing But Scattering is about 35 minutes of God explaining very clearly that there is coming a great, terrible, far-reaching economic global crash that is going to reach as far into Asia. One of the sentences from that prayer call is that I see the Japanese economy shuddering, but it is not going to be destroyed. However, Europe, America will take you down totally with her. Because I saw that the European Union and the United States are completely enmeshed in their economies, and I was saying, Europe, why did you do this? Why did you integrate yourself so closely with a nation that cannot balance its books, a nation that does not even practice honest money and honest politics within its own borders? Why would you take someone who is driving her vehicle into the wall and let her sit in the driver's seat of your economy? And so in Europe, when this global collapse comes, it's going to be very strongly felt there. Mirrored there, and in any other economy that is enmeshed with America, meaning they're equal trade partners, partners, or that is subservient to America. Any country that is depending on America for food aid, financial aid, um, technology aid, any kind of aid, when this country goes and slams against the wall, one of the first things she's going to do is cut off her arms i spoke of that in one of the prophecies it doesn't come to mind now but i saw that because america was going through so much problems she was going through social ills at home her people were fighting each other um, she was having political difficulties she was having economic difficulties i saw that america began to cut off her own arms one of the arms she cut off was the military America began to shut down all her bases. I think this country has over 130 bases around the world. Well, she began to pull soldiers back from deployment because she could no longer maintain military bases, she could no longer maintain um, embassies, and she could no longer maintain some other third kind of diplomatic diplomatic presence in other countries. So there were three things that um, the nation of America began to pull back on She began to pull back because she had no finances, she had no resources, she had no support. And so if there are countries out there that are dependent on the U.S. dollar, such as Zimbabwe is, for example, then those countries are really going to fulfill what God says here. The huge global financial crisis is at hand. Staggering economies, when your economy is staggering, it suffers a financial hit I'm not able to say what the various types of financial hits are. It's just that when they do happen, maybe it's a currency crash or maybe it's something else, overnight devaluation, or maybe it's something else. But when it hits, it is almost impossible for the entire nation to keep its feet people need to be more sober minded when they're listening to these things what does it mean when your country cannot keep its feet financially one of the first ways that people will feel that is that they won't be able to get money you won't be able to get access to money I prophesied these things early in 2022 in March 2022 concerning the nation of Nigeria that they were going to go through an economic and financial shock and people mocked that prophecy they didn't take it seriously and yet it only took It took eight months for that prophecy to be fulfilled in January of 2023, when they received a sudden decree from their government. ATMs were shut. People had no access to money. People were weeping. People were devastated. If you don't have money on hand, you can't get gas. You can't keep the basic things at home going that you need to. You can't get food. There's a ton of things that you can't handle. And in a country like this, where people don't even keep cash on hand, where they're fully depending on cards, it's just a swipey, swipey tap and Apple Pay, Samsung Pay Life. Because everybody wants to tap and not use wisdom. That kind of thing, when it happens overnight, the ATMs are not accessible. You will not have access to money. You won't be able to get your hands on money. That means that it's people who planned ahead. People who have the spirits of Noah. The obedient man of God and have things on hand those people will be better off than those who are not if you want to know more about that I think the prophecy is called the black horse the best way for you to do these things because I'm not always going to be able to comb the blog and give 50 links in the description is when you hear a prophecy name when the Lord actually reminds me what the prophecy is called go to the master's voice And put the title of the prophecy in the search box at the bottom of any page. And the prophecy will come up. You read the prophecy and at the bottom of every prophecy, once I've made a video for it, the video is there. It is time for people to feed themselves. Because time is not as it was with me before. This global collapse is going to make economies stagger. And some of the economies are going to experience total collapse. This is like Venezuela. You wake up and then the country is just destroyed. Nothing in the country is working. People throw the money out in the streets and begin to walk on it just as, a, as I've been prophesying here for, for years. The money's no good now. There has to be some kind of other intervention. And the intervention that the beast is bringing is the kind of money you can't see. There are at least five prophecies from this year, all related to banking and the fact that God says we are going to something called a system of coin not Bitcoin, it is some kind of coin, money that stays in the computer, money that you cannot pull out. ATMs are going to become obsolete. We will not be able to go to the ATMs anymore and access finances. And so some economies are going to stagger, meaning that they will reel like a drunken man, but they will not completely collapse. But other economies are going to suffer total collapse. God says there's going to be financial shutdown. That is talking of the banks. There are at least five comprehensive bank prophecies on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. Please go and look them up. You can also look them up here on YouTube. You can look them up on Rumble, on BitChute, on Brighteon. And you can come up to date with what God is saying. And the last thing he's talking about is the birth of the New World Order. So I'm going to have to use another phrase because... Uh, this app has a habit of tagging everything, but the NW final letter, God says, is, is being born out of this crisis. So this crisis is not a crisis that just happened because somebody mistakenly fell asleep at the wheel in the prophecy that is called Nothing But Staggering. God said that what is about to happen is like a train that has been put on maximum capacity speed and then left to run too fast. Even bullet trains, even speed trains have a limit. The engineers know that there's a limit that you can push the train to. If you go above that limit, the train becomes uncontrollable because it has too too much momentum. And when the train has too much momentum, the next thing it's going to do is it's going to start to skip and jump the tracks. And once the train begins to skip and jump the tracks, that means that all that metal, all that steel, all that power is no longer safely making contact with the rails. And at that time, it's just a moment of time before the train is derailed. And there's loss of property, there's loss of life, there's huge economic um, losses that follow when a train is derailed. And so this is a deliberate collapse. This is an orchestrated collapse. This is not conspiracy theory hour here. This is God speaking into the earth to tell people who are confused about why does God talk about these things? God is concerned about his people. First and foremost, the fact that they're uninformed, the fact that they have so many confusing ideas about what the future is going to look like, so much deception, and also so many opinions, and refusing to listen. And God is trying to interject here like a sharp knife to say, it's going this way, because the architects of destruction have orchestrated it this way, and if you don't pay attention, you will pay the penalty Even if you say you are a child of God, children of God, listen. But those who are children of God in name only, the crowd that are Lord, Lord, they call him Lord, Lord, but they don't do what he says. They call him Lord, Lord, but they constantly have a counter opinion when he's speaking to them. Those people are going to fall through the net exactly like others because they could not hear. Noah's day is the standard we are in the days of noah people are eating and drinking and doing every other thing and not preparing because they've forgotten that in the days of noah a flood was coming a great judgment was coming a sweeping judgment that took away all living even the animals who hadn't done anything god said in one of the prophecies that he doesn't understand why people are so amazed when they hear the term Great Reset because it happened in the past already. That was the greatest reset of all. God simply deleted all humanity, all the systems of the day. He deleted the finances of the day. He deleted the governments of the day. He deleted everything and he deleted the people of the day and he resets with only eight. If you cannot listen Eight is a very small number, and that number is going to be spiritually replicated. God is concerned that the church is not listening. God is concerned that the church is not ready. But God is not going to delay these things because these things must come to pass. Satan is going to be given his short time, and if Christians don't get ready, Christians are going to pay the price along with everybody else. So, the NW final letter is going to be birthed out of this crisis. This is an orchestrated crisis because people have an agenda and they're trying to get to a certain appointment with this new system that is coming, the technological system, the system of the beast. And he says that they will make bland promises to restore order and make things better for everyone. And I was puzzled that God would use this word, word, bland. The word bland means vague. It means without color. It means not remarkable. When it comes to food, when we say food is bland, it means that the food is tasteless. I was so puzzled as to why the Lord would use this word bland, and I was turning it over in my mind. And he said to me, when it comes to promising true things, when it comes to being able to carry out real things, when it comes to being able to alleviate real human suffering and to give promises that impart life to the human soul, the New World oh, is unable to do that. And because of that, Celestial, its promises are useless. Its promises are dead. They will look alive, these promises, We're going to see some of the best advertising in the end times that any of us have ever seen in our lives. If you talk about reach, if you talk about wittiness, if you talk about color, if you talk about them getting the best of the best celebrities and the best looking people and and the most pleasing, visually pleasing displays, They're going to advertise this coming utopia in such a way that God says desperate people will receive this news with relief. But he says that it's a lie and a deception. What the new order really represents is death. Not death of one or two. Not death of a thousand or ten thousand. Not even death of a hundred thousand. The reason that written prophecies are so powerful is because every single word is playing its part. And that is why I insist that people read the blog. You can listen, but make sure that you read these prophecies because when you sit down and read it and think why did he choose the words that he chose, then you will finally come to the place of sober mindedness, which is what you need to survive. The phrase the Lord used is death for the masses. That means that between me and the false prophets that are always telling Americans that we're going into glory days, someone must be lying because masses means most of. Masses means large numbers of. Masses means the majority. The new world spells death for the masses. Death for the poor especially God says it spells forced labor and it eventually will spawn work camps in which multitudes will meet their end. So this is sounding exactly like the Third Reich, if you've paid any attention to history. It's sounding exactly like the Third Reich. Mass eliminations, the poor being targeted, forced labor, And also work camps that God says that multitudes will die in. So why aren't people listening? Why are people gathered like flies around waste, listening to prophecies about how the next caucus and this and that. Why are they huddled in political circles telling uh, telling them stories about how their favorite this and their favorite that is surely coming back because he's God's man and he's got a plan for the nation. Why is this happening? Who's thought about it? It's because God has already given this nation over to deception. But when I say it, people get upset. If God really loved America, as Americans insist he loves them, one who loves another will never let that other one traffic in deception. If God loved America, he would be fighting for her. If God loved America, he would be... He would be. Powerfully drawing her to himself. And the primary sign of, the primary emphasis of that love would be that Americans would have a love for truth. But they heap up teachers according to their lusts, who are not teachers, by the way. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. And the teachers that they heap up To fulfill the lust the things their itching ears want to know about God says that they tell you exactly what you want to hear and in that process you are deceived and you remain deceived because you do not love the truth that would have saved you only a precious few love the truth and that's why it doesn't say the new world is bringing life for the masses it says it's bringing mass death a death that will target the poor especially If you see what they're doing to homeless people now, this is most people. You look at them doing it to the homeless people now, you just think, poor guy. You don't know that in a few short years, a structure is coming and a system is coming that will make you and your family that poor guy. In eliminating structure, a structure that is a very efficient blade, that is ready to cut down American corn, This is what the Lord said. Tell them what I said. Tell them the pogrom's prophecy and the one about Kamala Harris in the future will be fulfilled exactly as they were spoken, exactly as they were revealed to you. Remind them that my wrath abides on them and will not be removed. Those words will be fulfilled exactly as they were said as will every other message you have declared in my name so far. The two, pro- the two prophecies that I'm now going to read in your hearing, this is old people who have heard them already. This is new people who have never heard them. You may not have had the time to go and hear them. The two prophecies are called pogroms in America and communism in America. Read it to them and tell them that I will fulfill it in their lifetimes exactly as I have said. And the scripture he gave me is this. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This is Isaiah 55 and 11. So I was going over one of my old prophecies a few weeks ago, and I was struck by the scripture that God gave. I think it's out of the Psalms where it was saying, God, you will defend your words from this generation forever. And I took the time in that video to explain what that means. Many people feel... That defending God's words means that you have to get into an argument with people and you have to convince people that, no, this is really what the scripture says and this is what it really means and that's an activity that I do not waste my time with because you can read the Bible however you like for now and you can interpret it however you like for now. Truth with the Bible is not subjective though, meaning that you can't have your truth and I have my truth and then Ben have his truth and then Sally have her truth. The biblical truth is objective It is one standard because it comes from one God who himself said that I am the way and the truth and the life. That means that truth itself is Christ. There are not many Christ. There is only one Christ. So there is only one truth. If God created only man for woman and woman for man, then every other iteration of that truth, man with man, or woman with woman, or man with child, or woman with child, or man or woman with a beast, or with a fallen angel, is not true. People will say in the last days that those things are also acceptable. They will say that that those things are love, that a man can become a woman, that he can be trans, that a woman can be a man, she can be a trans man. But there's no such thing. These things are not supported by empirical evidence on earth, in science, in reality, and they're not supported by Christ himself, who is truth. So when God says he's going to defend this word that he says, my word that goes forth from my mouth will not come back to me empty. That means that God will make sure that everything he says comes to pass. And he said, read to them the words of these two prophecies and tell them that I will fulfill it in their lifetimes, exactly as I have said. God will defend his word without me. God will bring his own word to pass without me. I'm simply the custodian of those words. But once I release those words, it's called a proclamation. A proclamation is a particular type of announcement that comes from a higher authority. In this case, it comes from the King of Kings and the, Lords of, and the Lord of Lords. Jesus Christ himself. So these proclamations are coming into the earth for all living, especially in America, to know that this is what is going to be the end of this nation. Just a moment while I get the prophecies ready. The first prophecy that I will read is called Pogroms in America, and I received it on July the 17th, 2021. That makes this prophecy almost exactly two years shy of a few days. And I had a dream, and I cannot remember exactly what that dream was, but the Lord spoke to me after I had a dream, and he said that there will be pogroms in America. A pogrom is genocide. A pogrom is mass killing. It's where there is a targeted agenda to wipe out A certain demographic or certain groups and it can be very brutal because it's being carried out by the state mechanism so this isn't just a case of as happened in Rwanda I think it's one ethnic group against another ethnic group or you know things like that it is where the killing is government run it's government funded It's government-initiated. It is a whole program run by the government against the citizens. And because of that, it's very targeted. It covers a very wide area. It is very methodical, and it is targeted towards a particular race or gender or a group of people that we will simply call the undesirables. The end goal of a program is to exterminate that group or those multiple groups from existence. So programs aren't used to send a message. Programs aren't an occasional killing of that targeted group. Pogrom is hard work to wipe out and blot out a certain type of people. And so it's usually seen as de facto legal action, meaning that you can't exactly find it in any law book, but by dint of the fact that the government is doing it, That's what makes a pogrom seem legal because it's coming from the highest authority in the land. There are never laws that are going to support mass murder. But a pogrom can be justified, please listen, pogroms can be justified by the government, by them simply twisting the existing laws to breaking points and then superimposing executive orders on top. So what they'll do is, there's no law that says you can wipe this out or you can wipe them out. What they will do is they will begin to bend the law and bend the law and bend the law and begin to replace the bent law with executive orders that give them the right to do what they're doing. So what I saw is that in America, instead of it only being the government that does programs against people, they are going to have private help. This pro, this prophecy showed that private companies in America are going to help to kill people private companies in America are going to have standing armies I spoke about this in the prophecy that is called that's the dream I had actually the dream is called tracking and technology in America these two dreams are from the in America series so it's tracking and technology in America pogroms in America Communism in America, those are the dreams in the In America series. So God said that the beast is going to exterminate Christians in the, in the USA until there's such a small number that they're going to start hiding to save their lives. So again, as you're listening to this prophecy, you can see that it directly flies in the face of this expectation of a glorious church and a strong church that's going into revival. The church is actually going somewhere, and God says that's into hiding if they want to live. God said that Christians in America will be driven into hiding for their lives. Otherwise, they will lose them. So as you listen, this is telling you that if you want to be a loud and a proud Christian, you will not be able to do that for very long because the times that are coming are going to warrant silence and wisdom unless you will lose your life very quickly. America will flow with the blood of its citizens who will become victims of the state. And so God says that they're going to be rounding up people and they're going to be killing them for absolutely no reason at all. And when we get back to the main prophecy that is entitled They Will Have Nothing, July the 14th, 2023, you're going to hear exactly this that he said from two years ago come up. The Holy Spirit is very consistent. The Lord will say the same things over and over again. And I've already said that when God is doing this, he's doing it so that these words can enter directly into our hearts, into our minds, and stay put do not listen to these prophecies and forget them do not listen to these prophecies and then get calm when it seems that everything is going back to normal whatever that means listen to these prophecies and let these prophecies be the standard in the middle that you cleave to just like the word of god always remember that the things that god is saying are going to happen to us are going to happen whether it's sunny whether the world is nice outside and whether it's it's all fun and games and everything goes back to normal, that is temporary because God says that if we let down our guard, we are the ones who are going to be taken by surprise when suddenly, suddenly, as these things come to pass. And so God says that people will be getting rounded up and killed for absolutely nothing, for the smallest crimes, for the smallest infractions, meaning the smallest breaking of the laws, He says that there will be official rules that will govern daily life and people will be killed for no reason at all. And the scripture by which lives will be lost, he says that lives will be lost exactly as it says in Revelation 13 and 7. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and overcome them. So the Lord has said in several prophecies, one of those that you can go and look at is definitely called the man of sin and it deals squarely with the fact that Barack Obama will be back in the highest seat of power in the land I didn't say the middle seat and I definitely didn't say NATO and I didn't say the, the United Nations or wherever people in their various theories keep placing him that man is going to sit at the apex of power in the United States doesn't matter what the Constitution, say, Constitution says about two terms and no more it doesn't matter what anyone thinks we will see this man back sitting in the crown position and when he comes back he will not be hampered by America's troublesome laws America's troublesome laws that says he can only be a president twice and America's troublesome laws that says this and says that he is going to come back and he is going to have the powers of a despot he is going to have the powers of a dictator he is going to have the same kind of power that Americans are always talking about, Kim Jong-un and Kim jong whoever has too much power. Barack Obama is going to have 10 million times more power than that. The kind of power that that man had in the dreams that God showed me, he had the powers of the old French monarchs. That means that when Obama said something, as he was saying it, it became laws. You only find that kind of power in the old monarchies and in the Bible. And the example that I gave all the way back two years ago when I made this prophecy is speaking about the Medes and the Persians. That when the king said something, it could be made into a law, such as when the Persian king said that they should put his wife Vashti out of his sight. It was an immediate decree. When he woke up the next morning and found that he had banished his queen, he was looking for her and he couldn't get her back. Because in those days, that kind of law was ironclad. That is the kind of law that Barack Obama is going to be able to make. As he says, so shall it be. It will become law. And this is a democratic country, and I know that people's minds are reeling, and they cannot put two and two together. People are already suffering mental schism, and yet I have a single eye, a single mind, and that single mind says, whatever the Lord says is what I say. And he said that Obama is coming back and he will be at the apex of this country. All power will be consolidated in him. He will not need any courts. He will not need any lawmakers. He will not need the House. He will not need any of those things. It is going to be only the executive all the time. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And the end times church, God is saying, will be cut down so sharply By this man that it will be like watching limbs being hacked off a tree and I have spoken that many times in recorded messages on the blog so this is the dream that I had I dreamt of Barack Obama he was very powerful in America he was the president of America and I saw the White House with an image like the Sun was rising behind it but it was not the real Sun It was the head of Obama that was rising as the sun. So his head was coming to prominence in the background of the White House. His head was the sun, and he was wearing a huge grin. I saw that this sun rose and stopped halfway behind the White House, meaning that it was there in a parabolic arc behind the White House and had not fully risen over that house. And I saw that he, ha- he had four types of power. I can't remember now what types of power this man was given, but he had four specific powers that made him the most powerful ruler America had ever had. I saw that he made four laws, and those four laws placed absolute rulership in himself. They were four laws that completely changed American life forever, forever. He had the power to do anything, absolutely anything. I saw that Obama sent for people to work for him, and when he sent for you to work for him, you could not refuse. You were relocated to D.C., and you had to work for him. He brought these people to the White House, and he told them what their new role would be. He hired Christians, and he brought them to the White House. And this man tried very hard to be a compelling leader. He was very engaging and charming and that, that persona of his that we've seen already, it truly captured a lot of people. But as he was speaking to people, all I saw sitting on his shoulders was a grinning death head. His entire head was the grinning head of death, a skeleton. And whatever he wanted became law and his word were absolute. And during this time period that I saw, I saw death orders begin to go out across the United States I saw that they were typed up in a special office that was created specially to handle the highest type of crime in the United States. Citizens' arrest. Right now, a citizen's arrest is if somebody tries to rob a store or tries to do something, other people around can jump on that person and restrain that person until a member of the police force can come along and arrest that person person formally. When we grab one of our own citizens and hold on to them for something that we've seen them doing. That is called a citizen's arrest. But I saw that citizen's arrest in this time when Obama came to power was the actual citizens being arrested all the time. There was something called the Office of Citizen's Arrest, and there I saw secretaries typing up orders of arrest, which basically were orders of death. For Americans who were found guilty of doing whatever unbelievably small and pointless and unheard of new crime, quote fingers, they were accused of, people were being found guilty without any recourse to the court system. Just as I said a few moments ago, there was no need to go to court. As soon as an order of citizens arrest was made ready for you, they would hunt you down. They would charge you, meaning that they would read out this order to you, and they would execute you based on what it said you were guilty of. These orders were typed night and day. The Office of Citizens Arrest, that whole branch that is in charge of hunting down people and putting them to death, as I saw in the dream that God gave me, it was not a 9-to-5 type of office. It didn't open and it didn't have hours of operation. It was open all the time. And I saw that only women worked in that office. It was only ladies. And they typed on old-style typewriters. And I was confused as to why they were doing that. They did not use laptops. They used old click-clack typewriters. And they were chewing gum all the time. And they were dressed kind of like women from the 60s. And they were busy night and day, night and day. And those men that wear black, the men that wear the all-black uniform with the helmet with the visor that can sometimes lift. I saw that these orders were being written night and day, and some of the things I saw that they were typing furiously, creating these online forms, were name, address, And crime, name, address, and crime. So these orders were printed out, and then they were put in an out tray. And then these men that dress head to toe in this this heavy black SWAT gear, they would come in, and they would grab a fistful of death orders. And sometimes the guy would lift his visor for a while and chat with the secretary, share a few jokes. And then they would go out and they would serve these orders. I saw that the armed forces here in the United States went out night and day, taking people away based on whatever the order said. You could die for unbelievably small things. You could die for literally anything under the sun. Any small thing they said you did, you could die for it. The next thing I saw was corporations assisting in these deaths. Major U.S. corporations, especially technology giants, tech companies, but also companies in home goods, finance, car companies, and so on were participating in and assisting the government with these killings. The U.S. government at that time had power but no real money. What the government did, it formed a powerful alliance with these companies like Amazon and Apple and Microsoft and all the rest of them that have so many billions of dollars in finances, but right now they are just So they're constrained. They're legal entities. They have to follow certain laws. Well, in the future, those laws will be greatly expanded to give these guys sweeping powers like you would not believe. American corporations, especially the ones that are part of the integrated agenda with the government, I saw that the kind of power these companies had, they were operating like private nations. They operated like countries. And so they had the money, and the government had the official stamps for things. And so the two of them together was a deadly combination against the people of this nation. So major U.S. corporations were assisting the government because the government had no money, but corporations do. They have unlimited resources, and they lent them freely to the task of eliminating citizens, the task of pogroms, Amazon, conquered. People, Please listen. Amazon conquered people. Amazon was a central player in these programs and they put many people to death with their private army. I don't know how to explain it, but they had an army. And I saw it with every major technology company or billionaire startup in America. They all had standing armies. I'm not talking about a group of mercenaries. I'm not talking a bunch of guys who used to be in the special forces and then they retire and you ask them, hey, you guys, why don't you come and form an army and just be like my private bodyguard service? I'm saying that it was a paid army of trained soldiers doing what the soldiers of actual countries do. I saw private armies with soldiers trained by the company wearing the uniforms of the company with guns and other high-tech weapons, assisting the government in this system of going to homes, arresting people, and putting them to death. And I remember that the uniform that Amazon had was a very chic, dark gray onesie thing. So all the men, they wore a onesie, and it had a cinched waist. So the waist was sort of like an elastic band, and they had the smile logo, the yellow smile logo on one breast pocket. Amazon had a standing army that helped Obama kill people, and Apple had a standing army that also helped. The rich companies were instrumental in hauling people to the death camps and killing them. As I said, you could die for just about anything. Just think of it. Think of something that could never conceivably be a crime. It became a crime in America, and when I go back to the main prophecy, you will hear that repeated. And one of the things you should notice, this prophecy is July 2021. The next one that I'm going to cover is October 2022, and today's prophecy is July 2023. God keeps bringing the same message. So it is time for you as an American to ask yourself, where are these messages coming from? Are you still going to convince yourself that these messages are the product of me having a bad night of sleep? The detail that's in these messages the emphasis, the amount of time that God took to craft dreams in which my eyes saw all these things, are you still going to convince yourself that this is one woman's imagination taken too far? Or is something else going on?